Welcome to Movie Heaven, Movie Hell with me, Simon Aiken, and... And I'm Keith Isles, and we are both independent filmmakers who enjoy discussing movie franchises and associated media. And for this uh, special seasonal Halloween uh, episode, where we're going to obviously dig into the Halloween franchise, we are really pleased to be joined by a new guest to the podcast, we have on the line Alistair Clayton. So welcome to the podcast, Alistair. Thank you very much for having me. Um, it's it's total pleasure. Uh, yeah, lovely to be here. Well, you're very welcome. Uh, now, Alistair, obviously you and I, uh, we met via work. Uh, but for the benefit of our listeners out there, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do and uh you know your aspirations etc <laughs> yeah sure uh, i'll try i'm not very good at talking about myself uh i run a production company over at pinewood studios uh just outside london with two good friends of mine nick and Stu. uh we make an awful lot of different types of production um but primarily for me i'm a director i also do some editing and some cinematography work as well uh aspirationally I, from a, from a fairly early age, wanted to direct and um, I've won a small handful of awards doing so, which is nice. But, um, oh, congrats. I, thank you very much. There are, uh, yeah, some festivals here and there. Um, and trying to move uh, in the near future into features and hoping that my first feature is a horror movie, a slasher movie, um, probably very heavily inspired by Halloween, but hopefully not copying it in any way. Ah, oh, well, how appropriate. Indeed. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so yes, uh, obviously, uh, this is the season, one of the best seasons of the year, the oh, Halloween yeah. season. Um, and uh, obviously, the, the, the reason we've kind of got you on is, as you said, you, you, or as we mentioned, we, you and I met through... Uh, through work and uh, I came to visit you at Pinewood and uh, it was quite funny because I remember that the, the first thing that we kind of uh, uh, sort of immediately got a rapport over was the fact that as I was walking in your office there was a poster on the wall and I was like oh my god it's the enchantment under the sea dance <laughs> you know yeah and you loved the fact that I that I that I knew what the poster was and yeah. uh, kind of did my uh my own sort of Michael J. Fox take on it as I passed it, <laughs> and then of of course we you know we started talking about Back to the Future, uh, but of course we've already done an episode on Back to the Future. Great episode. But then as as I walked into your office, you just had on your wall a row of Michael Myers masks, and I was like, oh my god, you're a massive Halloween fan <laughs> as well, and uh, we 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 got chatting from there really so um so that's kind of what's brought us to this point isn't it <laughs> absolutely yeah um and you were one of the rare guests who didn't go oh that's creepy can i leave now which was uh, which made me feel very special yeah i do have <laughs> too many masks um but they like i'm so proud of them uh and yeah my wife does not allow them in the house so they are proudly displayed in my office <laughs> well that's fair enough <laughs> yeah. that is that is that is you know probably the best place for them um i think if so. they were at home you'd probably you'd probably have trouble sleeping at night you know <laughs> yeah yeah i like them though they make me feel calm in a weird way 
Well, well, I mean, using that as a bit of a jumping off point here, then, I mean, we always when we get a guest on, you, you know, myself and Simon, these these podcasts are often about our experience as individuals and, you, you know, how things sort of inspired us to become filmmakers, etc. Um, so, you, you know, in terms of your story, what's your connection then with the Halloween franchise? You know, when did you first come across it? And uh, what is it about the franchise that uh, that you hold so dear? Uh, well, I weirdly came at it in a bit of an odd way. Um, I'm 34 years old, and when I was 11 or 12, um, I hadn't really seen any sort of grown-up horror movies. I used to love being scared as a kid, but like by more age-appropriate movies, like I Love the Witches and Return to Oz and, like, stuff that was really scary when I was a kid. Ghost story stuff, you know. And uh, when I was around 11 or 12, I was in the States visiting my family there and we they rented the VHS of Scream, which they'd seen a couple of times already and they are like, oh, you've got to see this movie. Um, like I said, I'd never really seen anything like it and my parents were slightly concerned about the age but I was like so desperate not to be left out of the movie night at my cousin's that um my mum was like I'm not watching that and my dad went well I'll watch it but remember if you get too scared son you can go to bed you know and it's fine and I was gripped by Scream from the the opening because it is just incredible I love Scream so much um and weirdly I had nightmares for probably five nights but and like really horrible nightmares where Ghostface was killing me, like visceral, horrible nightmares. But at the same time, I became completely obsessed with that movie. And on the same trip, bought the costume, bought a voice changer, <laughs> bought everything I could get. Like that was my thing. And then my cousin Chris, who um, is my parents' age, was sort of saying, oh, did you get all the horror movie references in Scream? that they, you know, all the references that are in there. And I was like, no, this is like opened up a brand new world for me. Um, and sort of from that point on, I just became very, very uh, obsessive, I guess is the word, over discovering what those references were, where I could find those slasher movies that were referenced and uh, just got really stuck into them. And weirdly, and and this will probably come back later in this discussion, Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers is probably, I think, the first Halloween movie that I watched start to finish. And while I recognised its flaws, I was like, that was the... I think it was just because it was on Channel 5 or something. And I was like, oh, that's one of those Halloween movies that I haven't seen yet. And then I was like, right, well, I've seen that. Didn't seem that great, so I'm going to go back and make sure I watch the rest. And then I never stopped, really. Um, I think what I love about Halloween is just the first film is just so flawless. It's not just like one of my favourite horror movies. It's one of my favourite movies of all time. Uh, I can always revisit it and see something that I never really clocked before. Um, I've seen it in the cinema a bunch of times. There's a, You get a whole other experience, I think, with getting to see it on a big screen. Um I, it's probably the film I own more home video versions of. I think I've got <laughs> two VHS somewhere, um, th- 
three versions of it on DVD, maybe four, uh, three Blu-rays. <laughs> it's ridiculous because they keep releasing it with new stuff, to be fair to me. But yeah, I just, I absolutely loved it. Um, and I've been buying uh, various Michael Myers masks ever since, as you have witnessed. <laughs> So yeah, that yeah. is uh, that is the thing. And for me, like I'm a real completist and a bit of a collector, I think. Um, and I yep. love the franchise as a whole, even though I fully recognise that there are a significant number of movies in that franchise that are not good in any way. But I love the fact that they all exist. Like each one has a place. Each one has something in it for me that's in my heart. Even the two that we don't mention, there's something about them that I will find positive. And I just love the fact that they exist, that 40 years later we, we've just been given the gift of another one. I just, yeah, never stop. I love it. Wow. You almost sound like my inner monologue. Because <laughs> most of that is the same with me. What, what, what about you, Simon? What, what's been your sort of uh, entry point into, into the franchise uh, well, the first film I saw was Halloween, so I I started off with the original and the best. Yeah, uh, it was in the mid '90s, and I was going for a real horror phase. Um, I believe it was shown on BBC Two, which I taped, and I remember sitting at home watching it and totally enthralled. Um, I think it scared me a little bit, um, but I mean, it, it certainly had me on the edge of my seat. Um, it's it's one of those films where the uh, the tension is is really cranked up to that point where he does uh, attack. It's oh such a relief, you know. And it's you know it it's such a minimal film at the end of the day. I mean he only kills like three people, <laughs> you know, and most of the film is him stalking. But it's it's just so well done. It's, the music's really great and of course uh, anybody who knows me knows my ringtone is the the halloween theme <laughs> great yes so, indeed yeah i, I, I had that, that for a while reserved yeah. for me Simon. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. everybody gets the halloween treatment so um i love the the original and um what i did with that copy was um i went round to a friend's house and we did like a halloween all-nighter um I don't know if Sky Movies does this anymore, but back in the 90s, they would show back-to-back -back horror films. And so we did an all-nighter, which included uh, Halloween, Evil Dead, uh, The Exorcist 3, and there was a f another film which I can't remember. But it was that, I remember that being a great night because the, the quality of the films was just, you know, really up there. And uh, it, it's hard to sort of find films of those equivalency now you know it's it's it, it, it's that weird thing it's a great time for horror films because there's a lot of them out there and they're you know being pushed out more but quality wise they're not not the same they don't seem to have the same um edge or yeah. they don't seem to get to under your skin so much mm. but when it comes to the rest of the series i have to say i i get that a lot of it are miss i don't know what that means Whoops. if you like Back off. <laughs> Sorry about that. Siri started kicking in. Yeah, Be on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Even Siri loves Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, wow, that's uh, that's a first. <laughs> uh, no, so when it came to the rest of the series, um, I, I I I more or less kept it a miss. Um, I did see. I know BBC Two again showed one and two back to back, and I watched two, and I wasn't that impressed at the time. Um, it was it wasn't great in comparison to uh, Halloween. Having now seen the rest of the, I mean, I literally, over the course of this week, I've gone back and filled the gaps in my, um, you know, f- uh, the filmography of, of Halloween, the films I hadn't seen. It was quite a few. Uh, but it, So I saw Halloween 2, and then I saw Halloween H2O at the cinema. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I enjoyed that. Uh, I gave Resurrection a miss because... <laughs> You know, Buster Rhymes, you know, having a fight with Michael Myers just didn't appeal to me at all. Chicken fried motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I've watched, I mean, I've watched it this week and it is kind of funny, but also sort of uh, bad at the same time. Yeah. So, yeah, sort of, I miss, I, I, I didn't go and see the remakes. Um, I, I, I skipped the Rob Zombie films because... You know, I heard bad things about it, and um, I think Rob Zombie's only made one really good film, and that's The Devil's Rejects. I mean, <laughs> you know, House of a Thousand Corpses, you know, it's it's, it's a horror film made by a, a pop promo guy, and it really shows. Mm. But um, The Devil's Rejects, great film, absolutely great film. But the the Halloween films I just wasn't interested in. I did. The, I wasn't interested in knowing where Michael Myers comes from. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then doing a remake in the second half and squeezing it all in. I sort of just to wrap it up a bit. But um, I did go and see Halloween at uh, a John Carpenter all nighter with uh, another one of our guests, Clive. And um, you know, Halloween was the first film, and it was. It was good to see it on the big screen, but it was annoying that we had assholes in the in the screening. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. This this is this is a problem sometimes with uh, the Prince Charles all nighters. Is that um, you'll yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I I've had friends who went to the Rocky uh, all nighter, and they had the same problems during yeah. certain films where. You, you get people who come in just to see that one film and just make it a lot of noise. Yeah. And yeah, it was, it was really, I mean, I, I know if, um, I know somebody in the audience told them to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Because it was making so much noise because it's not, it, it's not a film where you, that kind of atmosphere, you know, that drunken atmosphere where you can shout and scream at the, you know, <laughs> Yeah, it's not a sing-along. Not everything's the room, guys. Yeah, I have a real uh, a love-hate thing with Prince Charles because I really love the cinema and I absolutely love... Mm. I think they do a great job oh, curating God, yeah. what's on. I love the fact that if you happen to be born after the 70s, quite regularly you can go and see 70s horror movies. Like, that's really a special thing. Yeah. But, yeah, I just wish no one else would go. Because um, <laughs> yeah. I even... I went to see... Um, I've been actually, I think, three times to see like the back-to-back Back to the Future trilogy, another okay. total favourite, right? 
Um, but it's like, it's the audience members who, they want to prove to everyone else that they get all the jokes. Ah, yes. Um, by sort of just like every little bit of humour in Back to the Future, they're like, ha, 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 that, yeah, that is funny. And you're like, well, yeah, we all know it's funny, but we don't, like, there's literally no reason to do that laugh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> except to prove to everyone yeah. else in here that you get film in some way. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's uh, a, I mean, it's a it was one. much worse at the Halloween screen because there was guys actually taking the piss out of the film. Ugh. And that did annoy me because yeah. um, one of the things that Halloween's always been accused of is being slow. Yeah. But that's the point. Yes, yeah, yeah. It is about that build-up. It's about that tension. And, yeah. you know, that is that is what's lacking from a lot of horror films these days. Yeah. Is that yeah. sort of build-up. I think because, uh, yeah. one yeah. that was really good at Prince Charles for because it started with some people like that, I went to see Texas Chainsaw Massacre and uh, it started with people like laughing at the costumes trying to trying to over egg the jokes but then that movie gets so intense and so brutal so quickly that in the end by the end of it people just was like oh shut up I just I just want to go home Um, so that was nice to see that they they couldn't ruin that yeah (laughs) but yeah Yeah. The, the thing was though they only stayed for Halloween which was the first film and then the rest of the night was great yeah I was going to say to, to be fair you know just on those sort of uh, Prince Charles cinema screening type things um, y- y- you know it, it does depend on the individuals but I mean sometimes the atmosphere can be great at those things so mm. um, y- yeah. y- you know it, it's just the luck of the draw I think um, you, you know there's there's assholes everywhere unfortunately but it's just uh when, you know the luck of the draw on that sort of thing i think but um but yeah i mean um you, you know for me I've, I've sort of told this story before on the podcast so i'll keep it really brief but um yeah with, with the halloween uh franchise which which i do have a lot of love and affection for um you know mine goes back to sort of the uh the, the the home video era in the sort of mid 80s and um my dad one one christmas i think we had it he was good enough to uh allow me to watch halloween and we had halloween and halloween 2 both on vhs yes, and uh, we watched them back to back and and obviously i was i was captivated by halloween for all of the uh the obvious things that uh that, that we've already mentioned i'm sure we'll, we'll drill into further um mm-hmm. but i was also kind of uh you know this was the first time as a kid i'd seen anything like this i was kind of blown away with the fact that uh obviously the end of halloween uh y- y- you know got me big time in terms of you, you know michael myers suddenly not being there uh when he fe- you know when he got shot and fell off the balcony and then the fact that halloween 2 picked up immediately you know blew me away and i kind of you know we're talking about back to the future as well yeah. this is where i kind of liken the two franchises because obviously you know the other film that that's the obvious one to do exactly the same sort of thing was back to the future 2 picking up immediately where you know the first film ended yeah. so so that there's a sort of weird symmetry there between between those uh and then of course obviously uh at the time as a kid i i hadn't picked up on you know the 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 symmetry between one of my other now 
favorite films of all time which is of course psycho um yeah y- y- you know with the with the fact a jamie lee curtis being the daughter of uh, janet lee but also the whole naming convention with sam loomis and, yeah, and yeah. you know that sort of thing so uh y- you know always always had this love for the franchise all the way through um used to do a lot of all night marathons with my good friends which i will give a shout out to wayne and gary two of my good friends in my hometown that uh that also loved um these movies and we used to sort of sit and watch them all and then sort of discuss and and analyze them and uh, you did sort of get a new you know a new each decade this 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 franchise has kind of uh you know come back in in sort of whatever guys and um it, it, it's 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 quite funny because you've with this you've kind of got almost like three strands of continuity and then a sort of reimagining. So you've got the sort of one, two, and H two O and resurrection, and then you've sort of got the one, two, uh, four, five, six, and then you've now got the one, you know, the the nineteen seventy eight and. 2018 and then of course you've got the two rob zombie films which uh which which kind of try and reimagine the whole thing and then of course you've got halloween 3 which is which is completely its own thing yeah um but i think i sort of liken this to and it's a little bit like you were saying al at the beginning is even though the quality um of these films varies as much as the continuity does really. (laughs) Um, But at the same time, I I've kind of got, there's something about all of them, even the Rob zombie ones, which uh, I, you you know, have a resonance with me and I kind of liken it to, um, as, as we've talked about on the podcast a lot, I'm, I'm a massive James Bond fan and you know people say about which james bond films are good and which james bond films are bad and obviously there's a lot to choose from but even even if a film in that franchise isn't great there's always an element of it whether it's a set piece or a stunt or a gadget or a villain or a bond girl or something that i like about it regardless of whether the overall quality of a particular film in that franchise is good and i i think that the same for me kind of a applies to halloween as well and i and i think that's where you were coming from al with your comment at the beginning right yeah definitely and and i think if you liken it to a quick uh imitator friday the 13th franchise um, which I also collected obsessively on VHS and <laughs> have loads of masks from and love all those movies in a certain way as well. It it definitely, like, there's at least four of those where you can't really remember who was in what, I think, um, uh, except, you know, Jason Voorhees is in them. But it's like, they there's a few of them that really just feel like it is just fodder. Um, and again, there's varying quality within there. I think Friday the 13th 6 is really great. I think 8 is horrendous, but there's good little bits. But I think with Halloween, there's just... Each one is really different to the others. Um, and I think that's what maybe makes each one have some merit to it, is that you can yeah. find you can find something in there that the director or... or 
it was making a decision that was like unique to to their version of the story um and i kind of applaud that maybe from a filmmaker perspective of like well no one sets out to make a bad film um <laughs> you set out to do your best and like i try and find in each of those the bit where they did something great perhaps um yeah you know what i find interesting about this franchise is that um especially from uh, four onwards is that they set things up within that film especially at the end and then the next film they kind of go off in a different direction with it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's so true with four five and six because um in four it ends with uh jamie having i guess the spirit of michael myers passed on to her and her killing her her mother. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah. 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 And then... <laughs> oh, yeah. And then you get number five where she's only attacked her. Yeah. And also, she's not... She is possessed, but she's able to, you know, take over it. She's, yeah, she's, she didn't you know, like she's, it. She's able to beat it. Yeah. Seems that when you're, you're possessed by the spirit of evil, you can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but then they set up this yeah. whole idea of... Um, the the man in black yeah and uh this uh, i mean i watched this great documentary about these films and they set the man in black to maybe be like michael's counterpart or his twin or, or something like that is his id or you know having his soul split into two or he was supposed to be very much you know the the, the other the flip side to michael myers and then in six <laughs> yeah. it turns out to be a cult leader who's older yeah <laughs> yeah and, yeah. and um, also the weird thing with uh, Jamie getting pregnant and I, yeah. I read stuff and I, I, I don't I didn't see this in the film it doesn't say this in the film but a lot of people say that she's actually pregnant with Michael Myers' son well you say it doesn't say that in the film. It does, but not in the theatrical version. Oh, theatrical. okay. Yeah. Oh, right. It's the, the producer's yeah. cut. I saw the theatrical cut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The, 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 it's, it's fair to say with this series that there's, there's A, lots of rectoning and B, yeah. Yeah. lots of different cuts of everything. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, I think bef- before we sort of drill into t- to all the films, one of the things <laughs> w- w- maybe should have said at the beginning of the podcast <laughs> is, is for any listeners, this is going to be a, a completely spoilerific uh, analysis yeah. of the series, including the new film, including mm. the 2018 Halloween, uh, which obviously was released this month. Um, so, yeah, there you go. There's, there's, there's your warning. <laughs> damn you're too late now <laughs> yeah there you go well yeah we, we are for four five and six that's for sure yeah yeah that's pretty much so, put the nail in but, four five and six isn't it yeah 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 it's funny actually now what you were saying about is um you know owning you know multiple copies of this this franchise um this is this is one of those well there are a number of franchises where i've done this where you know the amount i've I've almost paid for the next movie and the amount of uh <laughs> yeah. versions of it that i've bought because i you know i'm so old that i that i did it originally with the vhs 
home releases and then obviously the dvds and the various dvd versions and uh have done so with blu-ray as well um haven't quite gone to 4k uhd yet although i have seen that it's the original film at least has been uh has been released that way um but i'm actually quite jealous al because you do have the (laughs) or singing or dancing um blu-ray edition from the u.s that at the time i was uh a struggling freelancer when that was released and i really couldn't justify i could barely pay my rent so i couldn't justify buying that version but that version has since been deleted and that's the one that has not only every extra imaginable but every different cut of every different film and um yes i'm i'm quite envious i'm I'm hoping that uh that when 2018's halloween gets re-released they might do like some sort of new super duper improved blu-ray box set that uh that i might be able to get but um yes there are indeed a hell of a lot of versions available <laughs> i very much hope for your sake that they do bring that back with with the new one but also i'll be annoyed because i have to find Thank the you. money to buy that one because <laughs> i'm just the same although um yeah because i remember you mentioned that before and i hadn't realized how scarce that that box set is and it just to be honest, made me love my wife even more because she got me it as a gift. So, uh, no. lucky well, me. Pre- but <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Lucky you. Yeah. Your, your wife did you a solid. Because seriously, you can only get like a sort of secondhand copies on, on online and they go for about 500 quid oh. um, now because they're that rare. Yeah. So, um, But that one's the one that does have the producer's cut of yeah. Halloween 6 and is it also a producer's cut of halloween 2 as well i think uh, it's got um, it's got the tv cuts of halloween 1 and 2 which were yeah. only shown on networks in the states cuz they needed it to be slightly longer in mm. those tv slots back then and then uh-huh. yeah the producer's cut of 6 funnily enough i did already have the producer's cut of 6 there was a bootleg um going around the internet way before blu-ray or anything where someone had managed to source the edit the offline edit of the producer's cut which which had like which was from an old vhs it had time code on the vhs and they recut the producer's cut scenes into it and then were burning dvds and selling them on ebay and uh i'm not condoning any sort of video piracy obviously but i felt like uh, if you're not going to release it, guys, I need to see the producer's cut. This guy's helping us out. I'm buying it off him. And as mm. soon as you get your head together and release it, I'll buy that as well. So, you know, I've done my bit for it. Um, I was going to say, you, you've <laughs> yeah. bought it a few times. So yeah, I think exactly. It's fair yeah, enough yeah. in that particular <laughs> yeah. case. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the thing. When I was out in Orlando, I remember seeing this producer's cut around everywhere and I, I didn't know anything about um, Halloween 6 and what happened to it so maybe you guys can shine a light on what's the whole bi- deal with uh, Halloween 6 yeah do, you, yeah do you want me to shine you some go lights? for it yeah? yes go for it you, pro- you probably know better than me <laughs> well only from kind of watching documentaries over the years I think there were actually it goes back to what you were saying Simon about um, 4, 5 and 6 and the bizarre 
ways they sort of went in different directions mm. is I think they they gave a lot of the franchise gave a lot of control of the story to whoever the writer and director was on any given film um especially after what happened with Halloween 3 is they were like well let, let's get these people who seem passionate about it give them a lot of control by the by the looks of it as long as Michael Myers is there and he's not destroyed beyond recognition uh, so that we can keep bringing him back you can do what you want um so i think as far as i'm aware with 4 they got to the end of that and were like let's set Jamie up as a potential new killer so whoever comes along to the next one that'll be the story that she's like another killer in the family and then they brought in the um the people for Halloween 5 and they went no we won't do that uh we'll just do something else and they went that's fine you do something else uh, <laughs> and then by the time they got to 6 they were like all oh, right so we've been left with this bizarre strange completely unrelated story of this man in a black cloak walking around um and the writer Daniel Farrens was tasked with, we've got that, so try and get him in there, but at the same time, like, make your own thing. And he came in and went, oh, okay, I'll try and do this, and came up with the original script, which was then worked over and changed a, an awful lot. And it was in a period of time when slasher movies were not in a good place whatsoever i think they were pretty much dead released in 95 so it was like a year before scream resurrected it so it was like this is the terrible time to be trying to keep a slasher franchise alive but it was like i think it was the first dimension films horror release um so there were a lot of uh cooks in the kitchen as it were as i think from the word go from the scripting and everything so when they finally, Joe Chappelle managed to make the film, the the cut that they um, sort of delivered first off went to, I think, people at Dimension who were not keen on it for a few reasons. It wasn't uh, exciting enough. It was nowhere near gory enough for them. What They wanted a lot more gore. And they thought the ending was bizarre and didn't work at all. Um the score which was quite good at the time they didn't think was sort of hip enough so they they got it rescored um and i think there was a tale of like kicking the director out of the edit in the end and saying no we're taking it this way so what got released was the theatrical cut um the producer's cut became sort of known as this thing that once existed but wasn't gonna work um, I also think it was possibly, I might be wrong about this, but it was one of the first films that was um, used as, uh, they had like test screenings, which like all American movies do now, mm. where they show it to a, a focus group audience and then get feedback from, you know, just random members of the public, which people still do. So obviously it's making people money somewhere, but I wouldn't necessarily think it's the best way to do it. Um, but it was one of those where I think they got it massively wrong, from from my opinion, really. Yeah. Bizarrely, that model um, back to you, you know, where you said about the the sort of new writers and directors coming in and sort of able to do it, it is 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 where they're kind of going with the Star Wars franchise now. You know, like where whereas it used to be, you know, George Lucas's stories, yeah. and you know, he he he, yes, he got screenwriters in to help him, but 
he you know he would have the overall story arc yeah, as we're yeah. seeing now you know kathleen kennedy's given the control to whoever the new director is to basically you know rewrite whatever they want you know and go their way with it and uh you know obviously there's been divided opinion as to whether that's a good thing or a bad thing but it's <laughs> yeah. just a, it's just a different thing i think isn't it <laughs> well and also they're getting the the halloween six treatment because a lot of them are getting their work re-edited and reshot different directors coming in so well i think that's yeah. the that's the real uh to, you know i'm not on the inside of it by any means but like i feel like the real thing and it happens with um i think james bond as well is that there is a the story the sort of pr version is we give it over to these visionary writers and directors to come up with something um but then like you say simon well mm. Mm, not really because kathleen kennedy really is in charge of star yeah. wars movies and where they go and what they look like and what they <laughs> how they're written and who's in them and with bond barbara broccoli is kind of in that that realm and and i imagine that departures of people like Danny Boyle probably come down to no your vision's getting a bit off track here let's get it back on um (laughs) which like you say Halloween 6 was a uh, was suffering from but I think Halloween 4 and 5 from the sound of it were much more uh no over to you guys what have you got you know give us what you've got um the problem that that happened there is I think Halloween 4 was very popular did really well so they went well, let's not let's milk this. Rush Halloween Five in, get a guy who's never seen any of the Halloween films to um, put his stamp on it, and then everyone hated Halloween Five. So, I guess the reins got pulled back in. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So, sorry, folks out there. I'm afraid everything always comes back to Star Wars and James Bond <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> it seems that that's that's the. Uh, that's that's the center of the universe with with everything we talk about (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. i think (laughs) when you talk about movie franchises like you know they're absolutely like tentpoles of how the franchise system of movie making has has worked for what 50 years now with james bond or so so yeah um it makes sense that they would despite you just being a massive fanboy (laughs) <laughs> indeed indeed well i want to know what uh what you guys think of halloween free because for me mm. that's my second favorite halloween Ooh. film yeah I, I i mean well i mean first of all the you know the kind of the i know obviously carpenter uh you, you know was was the producer of this and I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, anyone, but I, I think the original idea was, you know, they, they, they thought they'd ended the Michael Myers story with Halloween 2. Yeah. And the, the, the idea moving forward was Halloween was going to be an anthology franchise. So you would get a different Halloween movie, you know, every year or every few years or whatever, which would... Um, use the halloween branding uh but be a completely separate story not connected in any way to 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 the michael myers character and and you know which obviously halloween three season of the witch was exactly that but of course the 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 michael myers character himself was so intriguing and people liked it so much and obviously by this time you were starting to the, the the friday the 13th 
franchise which had sort of followed halloween um was obviously picking up this sort of steam with with uh with jason Voorhees and um you know freddy krueger um had, had, had sort of hit the screens as well with the nightmare on elm street so they they kind of then decided to go back to 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 michael myers but um uh, but yeah, I, I thought Halloween three season of the witch is a great film in its own right, even though obviously it's not connected with any of the others. But I mean, have I, have I got that right Al? Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of the backing, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, well, I mean, from my understanding of it was that they, they went forward with this and it didn't do very well at the box office. So they went, well, we need to bring Michael Myers back because that did well. You know, yeah. That's what made us the money. You yeah, know, and I think that's also. But we burnt him. <laughs> <laughs> we blew him up. Yeah. Well, as we keep finding in this series, that they 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 come but with ingenious ways of him escaping. Yeah, I, I, I yes, I saw a documentary where one of the writers was saying that they, he actually wrote a scene where you see Michael Myers sort of actually sort of escape. You know. Out, out of a hole or something or you know i don't know uh, it, it's you know they they get around this you know every time yeah i think i think <laughs> yeah. they they had a bet they had a safe bet that for any disbelief over the fact that he's come back will soon be swept away because people just want to see him back in fact to be honest when i first saw and don't get me wrong i was massively excited in, in 1988 you know obviously i'd seen the original films as a kid and then you, you know uh, i was getting to see halloween as a teenager you know by that point and um you, you know when return of uh, michael myers came i was really excited and obviously intrigued to see how he was going to return but the the more distracting bit for me at the time you know continuity wise was was less about the fact that michael had survived that and more about the fact that loomis had survived it with <laughs> yeah. you know a few minor burns and a slight limb yeah <laughs> and it was like bloody hell <laughs> well if if you thought that michael myers was indestructible so is uh, dr loomis yeah because yeah. he you know he more or less gets killed off in every film as well yeah, from pretty much. Uh, four onwards. <laughs> yeah. But we love him. Uh, we love <laughs> Love Loomis. And I, I'm so glad. I mean, I look at it, again, when you look at the strands, I'm loving the fact, particularly with the new film now, you, you know, Jamie Lee and, and, and Donald Pleasance have done a even amount of films now. And I kind of love the fact that we've got, you know, one strand is, is, is the, you know, the Sam Loomis adventure and then the other st strand is the, the, the Laurie Strode one. And I think, you know, for different reasons, they're both amazing characters. And I kind of love the fact that we've got, you know, we've, we've, we've almost got the choice of who to follow. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe, and I've not read this, but I believe in one of the sort of expanded universe because uh, they've had spin-off novels and comics and all sorts of things from this uh, over the years. They did write one where they tried to tie the uh, Loomis continuity in with the H2O continuity. Oh, right. Do you know anything about that? I, I don't. I'm really, like, despite having said, I'm a big contradiction, but despite having said I'm a completist, I'm a completist that stops where it's not a film. Oh, yeah. I get really yeah, annoyed with. I just get so like I, for some reason, I completely um, 
Uh, I applaud the idea of there being graphic novels, and I know of them, but for some reason I've never had any interest in wanting to know about them. So I'm like, no, but it's not in the films, and it's the film... I guess I just... I like film, and I don't read much, so that's just where I stop. So I don't know much about Night Dancer. I think they they tried to sort of... Again, I might have this completely wrong, but I think basically what what they tried to do was... um, Obviously, uh, you know, shortly after Halloween 2, you know, a couple of years after that, she'd had uh, Jamie Lloyd, um, you know, she'd had the daughter. And then obviously, by the time we get to Halloween 4, there's some sort of explanation about how uh, her mother was was was, you know, killed in a accident or something. And um, I think they tried to make it that that's when she assumed the uh, the what's her name something Terry Tate, Tate. Tate yeah. and uh and and obviously you know fell pregnant again you know with, with, with the son at that point but you, you know it doesn't really make sense but I kind of applaud them for trying to make it work <laughs> well in, in in my head canon that's how that's exactly what happened yeah that's how yeah, I think yeah, no, I think of it happened I think she's just a really bad mum she deserted her daughter yeah yeah you know so she could take this other life and it didn't help her because you know <laughs> Michael Myers still, you know, went after her. But after he started, stopped chasing after the uh, his niece, he's like, hmm, I feel my sister's still around somewhere. Yeah, get back on that. But of course, <laughs> the only the only problem with that is that mm. I don't know how they managed to explain it in the graphic novel, but I think um, despite expecting it in H2O, Laurie slash Kerry Tate's... Uh, d- she suspects he'll come back one day, but she, I think she would have known through the news that he's been killing people for bloody years in Haddonfield oh, yeah. still. Like, she would have heard about it on the grapevine, I think, at some point, and gone, oh, I should oh, yeah. probably, like, look after my daughter a bit more. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 No, no, de- de- I mean, no, definitely. And, I mean, it, it is It is a different... It is a different... Um, timeline version or whatever but yeah. uh, but you know I, I applaud them for trying to link it all up you know and <laughs> do that as well i i've yeah. i've made peace with the different timelines um and i love h2o yeah. but i do i do remember when h2o was coming out i was like oh but it doesn't no because it doesn't fit with the other <laughs> things like at least the others you know you could do one two four five and six could do technically work as one story yeah they do they mm. do or, 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 although although disappointing as some of the because because i remember thinking like when i first saw halloween five the revenge of michael myers and you had that mysterious character in black that you forementioned yeah i i remember at the time really being intrigued and kind of slightly freaked out by it and thinking oh my god this is amazing but then (laughs) when we get the reveal in in curse of michael myers i'm like well actually that's a bit shit isn't it yeah (laughs) what's kilroy doing there why is Kilroy running about? <laughs> and you know the, the whole cult thing, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just kind of. Uh, well, it, again, it's it, it's backstory that kind of ruins it. It's a yeah. bit like it's a bit like my criticism with the Rob Zombie films. Whereas I applaud, you, you know, on one hand, him trying to sort of take it from a different angle and do something different. Yeah. Um, you, you, you know, the the, the fact that. <laughs> The fact that he made us root for Michael Myers and hate all of the 
in inverted commas human characters uh you know made me think well he's kind of missed the point here and you know i didn't really want an explanation as to michael's backstory because the mystery was the fun bit you know yeah (laughs) i i completely a thousand percent agree with you on that but weirdly the only thing i like really about the the halloween 2007 remake is the conversations between loomis and kid michael in the like in the kind of almost montage of him growing up um Mm -hmm. while he's in the mental hospital i think like if that hadn't been called halloween and it was almost like a short film about um a psychiatrist talking to a deranged psychopathic child that would be really good like i think the kid dag fetch is really i think if that's how you pronounce his name um He's like really, really good in those scenes. He's he's at once really sweet, but because you know what he's already done, he's terrifying in a weird way. Um, Malcolm McDowell's really good as Loomis in that, um, but just in, in those in that moments. One, but appalling in the sequel. Oh yeah, I mean, well, we'll get to the sequel, <laughs> I guess. But yeah, yeah it's sorry, just a, it's, yeah, it's like the ahead, weird yeah. like. That's the only bit that I go. That is really good filmmaking i really appreciate that stuff. it looks cool it's kind of almost kubrickian the way it's shot some of that um yeah these really interesting sort of psychological discussions where loomis is trying to get through to him and all the kind of imagery around him drawing masks because he wants to cover his face and all of this stuff i actually love all of that but i just feel like it doesn't belong in a halloween movie because <laughs> that that's ruined halloween but yes. if it was just something else, a, a little bit like Halloween 3, if it wasn't called Halloween in any way, if that was a movie called Evil Irishman Makes a Mask or something. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I... I, I, I <laughs> there, there's your next movie, Al. There, there you go. That's yeah. Evil Irishman Makes a Mask. A remake of season oh. two. <laughs> the thing is, though, I mean, we we laugh at, at uh, Halloween three, but it is great for the fact that it, it's it's the it's the closest thing to a John Carpenter film we have aside yeah. from the original Halloween. It's it looks like a a John Carpenter film. It yeah. feels like a John Carpenter film. It's not. I know he produced it and he he did the music, and I yeah. believe he uh, was one of the co writers, but. Because he worked with his uh, production designer from the original one in the director's yeah. chair, it does. It really has that um, John Carpenter feel, and that's the thing I love about it. That, that was what they didn't capture in the second one. Yeah, as much as it, it starts from the end of the first one, the the look of it straight away knocks me out. Even though it's still Dean Cundy who, yeah, you know, came to do it. I think he um, he actually sort of he was offered to do poltergeist yes yeah Yeah. and he decided to come and do uh halloween 2 which yeah i don't know i i feel i feel was a bit of a mistake for him he should have done poltergeist but yeah yeah there's there's of course your other um back Back to the future yeah (laughs) great dean cundy yeah who, uh, who deserves massive um credit you, you know, for, as being the DOP on those first two films, and of course, no, was the first three, that, the first three, sorry, first yeah, three. And of course was, and of course was psyched uh, when you know later in his career 
he'd end up working with uh, Spielberg on, you know, Jurassic Park, oh, the yeah, first yeah. one, yeah. The, the, the only one, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I just want to say about, um, yeah, go on. just about Halloween 3, is that the, the visuals in it are really great. I mean, the montage of all the kids on Halloween going out with the mask is amazing. I, I know they um, homaged it in uh, Trick or Treat, you know, mm-hmm. and it's it's that great look. I mean, I love the shot of the kids walking down the hillside at Los oh, Angeles yeah. at dusk. Yeah, and it's not magic hour. It is like you know, it's it's that point where it's just gonna go dark. And yeah, it's mm-hmm. really, you know, there's some beautiful stuff in it. And I mean, I enjoy the story. The story's fun. The story's kind of like actually feels like a lot like a latter John Carpenter film. You know, like um, Village of the Damned. Not, like, yeah, not so yeah. shit. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, I was going to say that was your that was your hell. <laughs> that was my hell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it has that but, similar feel, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I genuinely love Halloween Three. Definitely a quintessential film for capturing the spirit of, of Halloween, the yeah. Halloween season, just like Trick yeah, or Treat yeah, was yeah. many years later. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, I've, I've just got, I've just been lucky enough. Actually, I, I was over it in the states uh, for Halloween Horror Nights. And, um, you know, two of the two of the mazes that they had, one was Halloween for Return of Michael Myers and the other was Trick or Treat. And, oh, okay. um, and of course, they also had Poltergeist. So, mm. they, they, you know, they, they, they had all these uh, when I say Poltergeist, I mean, the original, not yes. the, the remake. terrible remake. Um, and, uh, y- you know, it, it, it's great because you see that and it is everything that that Halloween the season is about as far as i'm concerned and it is absolutely in films like those that that i've just mentioned you know it captures them it captures that essence perfectly and uh yeah you're absolutely right season of the witch um looks great sounds great um you know yes it's bonkers in places (laughs) and of course you can't get that silver shamrock song out of your head um, yes but, uh, but, but, but you know it, it is it is yeah. um still an awesome film even though it's not connected with michael myers you know uh, yeah. one one bit of trivia and you, you probably know this but the the girl in it she was uh she was the second choice to play rachel in blade runner oh really i didn't know that oh right okay. yeah she was yeah. the one that um they did the screen tests with so you remember on ah, the, yes. the documentary, on the sh- yeah, documentary, yeah, yeah. yeah. So she, you see, it's all connected. It it's all connected. All connected. <laughs> but she does get to play a robot. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I would absolutely second. I love Halloween Three so much. I think it's definitely one of the best of all of them, um, and it's kind of like almost unfair to compare it because again, it just shouldn't be. Yeah. in the Halloween series it would have it would have done it a lot of favours I think the ending is one of the best horror endings ever oh yes um, it's so nihilistic <laughs> yeah it's like everything about it like the, what it says about kind of television it's like really it's just great and yeah. actually um, I think like cinematography wise I know you said like one, two and three hats off to Cundy. Yeah. I don't think two has anything on three um, from a cinematography standpoint there's yeah, some good looking two, stuff two in two, but flat. I find it. Two, uh, it two, yeah, yeah, it, it it's weird. It, it, even though it says it's Dean Cundy, it doesn't look like his cinematography. It's very strange. Yeah, it's like it doesn't like you say. It doesn't look like anything like one for a start. Mm. Um, and then 
partly because unfortunately for them they've got a whole movie set in a hospital and you either go really stylistic with the hospital and decide it's not like real life yeah, or yeah. you have to make it look like a hospital would look in 1981 which was pretty much how it looked pretty dull and flat and lots of overhead sort of sodium lights and whatever um and that's kind of how it looks for the majority of that film so i just think it i always feel like with halloween 2 it's one of the most boring to look at yeah. in a lot of ways uh, yeah i have such yeah. love for it though i've, I've got to be honest i mean obviously the way i first experienced it and at that point you know even though i was interested in film i was too young to really know you know, you know what heart who half the film crew roles did and um you, you know at, at the time probably was it my eye wasn't as trained enough to to notice that I, I i would i was more drawn to the similarities rather than the differences yeah um and obviously rick rosenthal you know he he made it it was much more of a sort of gory slasher um yeah. you know type but but then again there were parts where carpenter stepped in and directed bits as well and of course it was during this that he directed the scenes for the tv version you know, you know to extend it yeah. and and that's of course where we f first bring in the the idea of the sister yeah so yeah. um so, so so you you know i i think i think halloween 2 deserves its place in importance despite the fact that it that it's not quite as sophisticated as the oh, first yeah, film. Yeah. I think, you know? I think, yeah, like, well, as I say, as being a sort of completist, without one, you don't get the next one. So I'm always thrilled that they get, that they were made. I just like, I know, because we've spoken, Keith, about how much you love to, and I, I do, have, yeah, like I say, there are loads of bits about it that I really like. Um, but I just find it one of them that I find hard to get through. I've done quite. Uh, I've done a few like um, we've had people around for Halloween, or we had people in the office like ten years ago, maybe, to watch all the Halloween movies on Halloween, um, and uh, it's one that I find like immediately people start switching off from Halloween too. Uh, like people who haven't necessarily seen the series before everyone always goes oh yeah that first one great yeah I kind of saw it before and now I've seen it properly it's great and then two immediately start to lose people uh, yeah except except you don't lose guys when the boil in the bag nurse scene yeah there up. is that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oddly enough maybe maybe that's why I'm so fond of it <laughs> speaking of bizarre nudity the sex scene in Halloween 3 has got to be applauded for, like, what? Who's <laughs> buying this? She's, like, 19 years old. Yeah. He is, he's this, like, alcoholic dad. And just at no point throughout have they had any chemistry. And then during this, like, moment where her dad's gone missing, he's probably dead. They're in this weird town where everything's sinister. She just suddenly goes... Where do you think I want to sleep, Doctor? And you're like, oh, come on, mate. There's no way that's <laughs> and happening. And she packed the sexy underwear as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I, yes, I don't absolutely, think, yeah. Also, what doesn't help is that Tom Atkins at the time had the flu. So oh, he was God. looking really sweaty. Yeah. So yeah. it's, <laughs> you know, yeah, hats off to the man. and a moustache are yeah. not a good combination, I mean, are they? You know, hats <laughs> off to the man for doing that, you know, when he's not well. But yeah. It, it well, hats off to her to yeah, yeah, putting yeah, up with it. It's very questionable. 
Yeah, it's just very the little, the very yeah. awkward sort of like, oh, just what, just get one boob out and just yeah, it was just oh man, that is um, <laughs> enjoyable. But uh, yeah, it's uh, Halloween three. I can't knock it. Halloween two. Yeah, it does. I just don't feel like I can watch it loads and loads of times without just getting a bit bored. It's definitely one where I'll reach for my phone and look at something else for a while. Mm. Um. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. I I felt the same way when I first saw it. I mean, as I said, I saw it as a like a double bill on BBC Two, and I, you know, this week I went back to watch it just to, just to see if you know if I still felt the same way, and unfortunately I do. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it it it's. It's not long, but it does. It does sort of drag. Yeah, I, I just, I just like the way it, it finishes the night off, and it kind of, it kind of does complete that story. I mm. mean, obviously, you know, of course, it gets picked up later and all this sort of thing. But, but you know, at the time they shot that, they obviously didn't intend on going back there. You know, yeah, that of course, was supposed to be the end. Yeah, and I did like. You know, I mean, it's got a few continuity issues, um, you know, from the first one, even even though, as I said, it does pick up like literally, what, 30 seconds after the end of the first film. Yeah. Um, you, you know, but I still think, you know, of course, it was made three years later and, um, you know, J- J- Jamie Lee's wig aside, you know, it kind of, it kind of, it kind of works on the most part. And and I always, you know, I always considered it in certainly in my head as as one, one, com- you know, continual film, one co- like a three hour movie as opposed to two ninety minute movies. And it it holds up pretty well, but obviously, the first film is much much better. Yeah made yeah than, it's a lot like the, the um it's a lot like the sequel to rogue one um how it picks up at 30 seconds later um but they don't feel quite the same somehow yeah <laughs> don't well, even. well it's funny that, that the sequel to rogue one where you know at the end of rogue one darth vader is very energetic but in the sequel, <laughs> yeah. he doesn't seem to be. I, I I think he's a bit tired. He just well, I guess after that fight, you would be, bed. wouldn't you? You're a bit. You're relaxed. I I, you? I can't have this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I don't know. Carrie Fisher just looks different. I can't put my finger on what it is, but in the sequel, she's just that little bit. Something's different about her in that sequel. Yes. <laughs> Can't work it out. Hey, hey, Jennifer Grey, ch- uh, change, Jennifer Parker changes as well. Well, so she does, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nothing's ever perfect. Exactly. <laughs> True story. Even, even though we love Elizabeth Shue, it's still not, uh, you know, Claudia Wells. No, no. <laughs> Absolutely true. It's, uh, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you one other, uh, talking of all sort of franchise connections and, you know, we've already talked about, you know, loosely Back to the Future, the connection, and of course the, the, the Psycho connection and the, the Friday the 13th connection and all that. But another one that thing that I always kind of loved about Michael Myers was it always, in some respects, reminded me of the Terminator as well in the fact that, you know, no matter how much they keep shooting him or or stabbing him, or he gets up and keeps coming. And, yeah. you know, that's certainly, in terms of, uh, 
you know the feeling i, I always felt the same about the first terminator yeah. movie from 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 that side of things as well oh yeah the, um, the first terminator you know. film is a slasher film yeah it's oh, definitely yeah, a slasher film yeah. i remember when i saw that as like a, a young teenager it, it did the first time i saw it it did scare me you know yeah. it was a very yeah, yeah. tense film especially near at the beginning where he's going around hunting sarah connor yeah you know because it, it, it sets it up like a like a slasher film so you have a couple of kills that are very immediate so you know this guy's a threat and then you get the sort of you know the stalk and kill yeah and then you yeah. get the chase and it, it works really well i mean though i mean it, it adds some extra um elements like the shootout in the, the police station which funnily enough halloween then goes and rips off in some sense <laughs> yeah. it does yeah. you're right absolutely so yeah they, they sort of feed on each other <laughs> they do they do again another another franchise where it's only really the first two films though that are uh, that, that that are great and then um Mm. Whoa. The rest is questionable. Yeah, but, but yeah. it's funny. Have you guys heard this comparison to the the new Halloween that people are comparing it in some way to Terminator Two? Uh, yeah, because oh, of the Sarah yeah. Connor being a badass and uh, yeah, obviously Jamie Lee being yeah. a badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've, I've heard being that, estranged yeah. from her child and trying to set up. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. definitely yeah. a yeah. big yeah. big thing yeah. going on there. Yeah. But also with the Terminator, the first Terminator. In relation to Halloween 3, another link is it's got an ill-advised sex scene at an inappropriate moment for the character. <laughs> yeah. True, but the, the sex scene in the Terminator has a point. <laughs> yes, it has a very important There's no sex very scene, important there's no purpose, John Connor, yeah. there's no future yeah. resistance, so you've exactly. got to have that in there. And there's no T2. When, 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 when me and my mate, when me and my mate Chris were watching it one Saturday morning on video, uh, you know, like so they, that 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 had to you know it's non-stop action and fighting throughout yet the, the scene where my mum uh, comes in with a cup of tea and some, <laughs> some coca-cola and some biscuits for us is of course the sex scene yeah. and it's like oh no we're not watching this honestly oh you know so yes it was it was always badly timed oh, yeah <laughs> i remember there was a guy at school who swore that uh kyle reese was john connor and that John Connor had gone back in time to pregnate his own mother. I thought, oh, dude, no. And then become dark. himself. That's dark. Yes, that's dark. Circle with the links again. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. And, and, and by the way, that's another film that I've bought so many versions oh, of God, yeah. over the years. Yeah. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> right, so I just want to ask this about uh, the character of Michael Myers. Um, so, you know, he is set up really well in the first one. And in some sense, in the second film, he is carried on. They they don't change him at all. But then as we go from four onwards, they do then change the character, I feel, quite a bit. You know, they always keep either trying to add to his backstory or, or the way that he actually kills people. I mean... The, the one thing he really doesn't do after one is much in the way of stalking. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is the thing about the first one, is that he stalks Laurie Stroud for a long time before they even get to the house. Yeah, yeah. You know? And oh, then yeah. when, he's, when he is stalking his prey, it, it, it does feel like it goes on for, for quite a while. 
But then, from two onwards, the kills are very quick. Yeah. You know, when the, the when you know that that you know that he's kind of stalking them he he gets there straight away yeah. <laughs> he, he literally he, he literally is like well you know i just don't have time for this you know yeah chasing them but yeah and it, i always found that weird because they've 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 done that in every sort of film since and including in some sense the new one sort of although it's funny because i was watching halloween 5 earlier today mm-hmm. um and because I've always felt like that. It's like, oh, you just never get that sense of stalking and and the obsessive thing that he has with Laurie from the first ever again. And I would be inclined to agree with you, but I was watching Halloween 5 really closely today because it's one of the ones I know least because it's so hard to get through. Um, <clears throat> but I, it occurred to me just that on that point earlier today, actually he does do that. It's just executed in such a worse way (laughs) and it's with characters that you don't care about as well so like with Laurie it's like that is Laurie's movie from the moment she appears Jamie Lee Curtis is so good you love that character you don't particularly care about her friends that get in the way but you love her but I think actually you get to Halloween 4 he's doing that he's trying to get to Jamie it's just that the because of slasher cinema at the time being about body count, being about gore, being about kills every certain amount of minutes by that point, which John Carpenter didn't have to do because he was doing exactly what he wanted before they'd invented it. Um, But by this point, like you say, you've got Nightmare on Elm Street movies out already. You've got Friday the 13th is into part eight already. Um, So with Halloween 4, it's like the stalking thing is still there, but it's with his niece now. But you kind of get sidetracked because he has to kill about 15 other people to get to that point. Yes. Um, and then with um, with Five, actually he becomes fixated on Tina. So he, he watches Tina over and over, like all day on the Halloween day when he's in Haddonfield. There's lots and lots of sequences where Tina is hanging out with her boyfriend or her friend or whatever and he's standing behind a bush watching her it's just as I said I think it's just done so poorly (laughs) that it doesn't feel like that's what the film is it feels like a body Mm -hmm. count movie because those are the only bits of sort of actual excitement in those films and I also think maybe because like characters like Tina are so incessantly annoying you kind of don't care that she's in potential peril because you're kind of like oh can he just kill someone else so we can get away from her <laughs> yes uh, um, I, I, <laughs> that documentary i saw they <laughs> the actress was saying that the first screening she saw she went to with what she saw herself in that they actually cheered when her character died yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is not what you want five yeah. is five is certainly an odd duck i mean i, I enjoyed it but yeah. it's, it's, the choices in it are kind of weird. I mean, so you've got the comedy cops in it. Yeah, yeah. And they actually have their own sort of soundtrack, which I love sounds it, yeah. like somebody, like a clown playing like a yeah. horn and, you know, you know, and like, yeah. what the hell? Yeah. And yeah, you have this really annoying character. Yeah. And, <laughs> and they kill Rachel immediately, despite her being... yeah. 
the final oh. girl, which is just like, oh man. Yeah, but I mean, the, the the thing is, I like about five though. I thought it was kind of interesting that they actually put Michael Myers in a different mask, and it still kind of works. That scene where they're driving and he's wearing that kind of oh, yeah. mask that works really well. It's a, it's a nice little yeah. touch. Um, yeah. yeah, I think. Yeah, like I say, the five's got some things about it, um, but it's definitely pretty rough. I we haven't mentioned the mask continuity, which is a big thing in these movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it certainly is. I mean, it it it's kind of funny when you think that the original mask is, you know, is a William Shatner mask that they sprayed white and it's a link to Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, there you go. yeah nice. but then how they could never recreate that properly. I mean, the 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 different masks in the different films. Yeah, original again. And right. no one knows exactly why that happened. Well, I mean, the story isn't they. They just they went down to a, a hardware store, picked out a couple of masks, resprayed them, and went that one worked. Well, yeah, but the but the idea that they couldn't have tracked another one down is weird. Definitely, mm. I think I but I have a I have a slightly different take on the mask continuity thing. Is that people get very annoyed about how the mask changes. Um, but I only think there's a problem with the mask changing every so often. Um, mm. And if, like, I'll try and be quick, but I'll go, like, so Halloween 2's mask is the same mask. Yeah. It's just yes. it was kept under Deborah Hill's bed, so it kind of got squished. And Dick yeah, Wallop's hair, face is much faded. wider. Yeah, yeah. So that's <laughs> fine. Four, I'm, I think four is a horrible mask. Yes. But it does make sense within the context of Halloween 4 because there is a scene where... I mean, he obviously starts the film in bandages, so he doesn't have his yeah. mask. Why it's been burnt off it? Um, exactly. I was going to say it's not supposed to be. It the shouldn't same be mask, the same mask. It? It's so only, it's only between one and two. Exactly. Yeah. Supposed yeah. to be the same mask, you know. Yeah. So <laughs> by the time he gets to Haddonfield, and he basically does what he does does in Halloween One, is he goes into a shop and steals a mask, and it just so yeah. happens the mask in that shop is shit. That's that's just a bad yeah. shop. He went to the wrong shop. Um, my big continuity problem with masks is between four and five, there is literally a cut where they cut from the footage from four, where he falls mm. down the pit where he's been shot, and then yeah. he ends up in the river, and that is exact continuity, and the mask changes so much between those two. You're like, why has that happened? And as far as I know, or as far as I'm aware, it's because, as I kind of alluded to before, the director of five just didn't give a shit about stuff like that he just wanted to do the thing he wanted to do so he was like no but, we'll just do a new mask um, but also it's <laughs> but also it's a different actor playing the shape right as well yeah 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 so, or a different stuntman or whatever and you, you know th this obviously makes a difference as well because you know the the mask kind of fits yeah cool. different people and then there's the the, the whole sort of gait and walk and movement yeah. and all that sort of stuff so the continuity of actual Michael Myers himself has been pretty, pretty, pretty all yeah. over the place, hasn't it? <laughs> Was just saying, God, yeah, they really do change because he's not such a big 
crazed fan as I am, he's sort of like, wow, they, he was looking well, at he, them all. Yeah, and I they mean, do change on, by by six. He's he's an older man playing the part, and he's a, a, a very sort of broader man. More food, perhaps. Um, yeah, he's like <laughs> yeah. Well, there's like there's like yeah. a. Yeah. Nearly a deck. Well, it was. There's eight years between the films, right? Well, yeah. So yeah. I suppose, yeah, you know. But because um, <laughs> also with uh, the yeah. the sort of continuity of them moving, I, I had a thought the other day that um, the world, like before the remakes, every movie, every Halloween movie before up until about the remakes, there wasn't an internet, there wasn't podcasts, <laughs> yeah. there wasn't like the absolute saturation of home video there wasn't the opportunity to get hold of these movies so these the films were made by these writers and directors under the tutelage of Mustafa Akkad um, for a cinema audience that would go once and maybe go again and like the majority of them they probably didn't even really expect home video sales because it just wasn't that wasn't yeah. how they made movies. It so wasn't going to be under the microscope like no, yeah. today. And yeah. even if they, you know, up like even if they sold one through six on home video, even and and H two O probably when they made it, even if they managed to sell some home videos of that lot, it, they knew it would be on VHS. People's TVs were like fourteen inch screens. <laughs> it was like two hundred lines of resolution. Even if they sold some VHS, they didn't really have this sense of like, people are going to pour over these and be angry about the masks not being correct because they won't be able to just easily compare them in, in high definition and stuff. So I just feel like now we're all, any Halloween fan is like really obsessive over masks and quite rightly, I think it's a very important subject. But yeah, at the time, <laughs> I can totally see why it just would not even occur to the filmmakers that they should match the masks better or match the actors' walks better because if you saw Halloween 4 in 1988 in the movie theatre and then a year later you went and saw Halloween 5, you probably hadn't seen Halloween 4 since then. Um, yes. So you wouldn't probably notice that the mask had completely changed and the actor was a few feet different and you know it's just, no you, you it's you're, a, you're absolutely yeah. right it's a different time yeah. and 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 actually one of the things i will really applaud the uh the rob zombie film for actually is the both the casting and the look of um the shape stroke michael myers in that film you know putting tyler main uh in that and having the costume and the mask look the way it did i thought you know, because because you, you know that is something as a reimagining that he could have completely changed. Yeah, and yeah. He didn't, and that's something I definitely applaud him for because I think the actual look of Michael Myers in those films is 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 pretty awesome, actually. You know, I think it is good. <laughs> although I would side with what a lot of people say is that part of what was so great about the original Michael Myers is that he was a kid who grew into a normal kind of average build, average height man who happened to get a mask off a shop, out of a shop, right? And you get Tyler mm-hmm. Main, who I think is like six foot seven and built like a giant wrestler. Um, but he comes from that little kind of chubby kid with the blonde That's hair. <laughs> and you kind of go, yeah, 
because I like, I do agree with you that I like the kind of the menacing look of big Michael Myers, but it's like, I don't see how that kid became that guy. Whereas yeah, with yeah. like, and he get, the he, what is it? He gets the uh, overalls off the trucker who's doing the mother load. <laughs> it's your. It's just sleaze for sleaze's sake. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, this is the problem with remakes that everything's got to be bigger, you know. It's got to be better, you know. And I mean, the the thing is, I I'm not a big fan of of recent remakes because they just tend to do the same thing. Which um, when I heard that Rob Zombie's you know remake was literally, you know, well we explain how, where he comes from, which I thought at the time, okay, I'm kind of interested to see where that goes. But then it just, it, it, it then it's just a straight remake for the second half. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. But I mean, the, the, the reasonings that Rob Zombie gave for, uh, making the film. And one of them, I think is, is kind of well known is the fact that he said, you know, well, I don't get how he could, he could drive a car who taught him to drive a car. Yeah, and it's like who cares? Who yeah, cares? Exactly. yeah. You know. Evil talk. He was him. doing rather well last night. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I actually saw a very good short comedy short where they they it's, it's, they say it's a missing scene for Halloween where you see Michael Myers taking his driving lesson. <laughs> it's actually nice. uh, Kane Hodder behind the mask. It's really oh, well wow. done. Right. I mean, also, if it like Americans all drive automatics, it's not that yeah. hard to drive a car, really. If you don't give no, a shit about killing that. people, you just yeah. have yeah. to turn it on and go. Really. It's not that hard. You no, know, I buy no, that he exactly. could drive a car. I, I'm fine with it. Like, I, yeah, if you don't care that you don't hit pedestrians and you don't care about the speed limit, then fucking drive, <laughs> mate. <laughs> now, now, now uh, again, um, I'm sure I've seen this. It's been a long time since I've watched supplemental material on these films, but I. Uh, I did go through them quite a lot, um, uh, but I might have got this wrong. When, when we got to Halloween H2O, um, which obviously Steve Miner directed, am I right in saying that originally the mask was actually quite different and then they decided to go back and both digitally manipulate and reshoot with the more traditional looking Michael Myers mask. Have I got that right? Yeah, there's a, there's actually technically there's four masks in H2O still. Right. So in the final cut there are basically four of them. One is the same mask from Halloween 6. And I, and that's only in the the sort of cold open pre prelude bit where he kills um Joseph Gordon-Levitt and the nurse yes. and Chambers and everything. And then after that point, after the title sequence, it's a mixture of the other three. One of them was uh, made by Stan Winston, which is like the one that everyone hates so much, I think. Oh, even though we loved Stan, or we loved Stan Winston when he was with us. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they just hated the mask. And it is like, it just looks nothing like anything else really um and most of that was reshot but there's still a couple of scenes with it in um and then the other one is the K&B mask which was a better interpretation I may have got those two round the wrong way but I'm not sure I'll have to look that up um and then the fourth version is the CGI 
where for some reason they went, well, we can't reshoot this, um, but also we don't want to use the one that we have used in other scenes, so we'll paint it in 1997 CGI, which is yeah. <laughs> not going to work. Um, so, yeah, there's a few... and. My oh no, sorry, I did get it the wrong way around. I've just looked at so the KMB one was the one that they reshot with oh, a win. Right. So it was Stan Winston did a much better version. Um, the cool thing I always think is that the, that really iconic shot where um, she comes face to face with him through the little porthole in the door. Yeah, that's manipulated, isn't it? That shot is that right? Oh, okay. If you watch the trailer. It's the KMB mask, and then if you watch the film, it was one of the bits they reshot with the new mask, um, right. and it looks so different when you look at them. Like the, right. yeah, the KMB's like he's got a really puggy little nose and big brown eyebrows that are sort of plucked. Terrible idea. I think the only CGI yeah. is the one where he's in the kitchen after the um, the guy's trying to put his hand in the um, ah, what's the word? The dispenser oh. thing. The, oh, the garbage dispenser. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Disposal. Yeah. I think that's the only bit that ended up with the CGI mask, but yeah, mask yeah. in H2O is not the best thing about that film. No, well, <laughs> I, I find it, it, I mean, it scares me to think that H2O is actually 20 years old now, because yeah. uh, that was the Halloween film that came out when I was at film school. Oh, so, wow. um Which, again, I was massively excited about. And... Um, I actually think it's quite a good entry in the uh, in the franchise. Actually, I think H two O is is a fairly decent, uh, you know, twenty year on uh, follow on to the um, yeah to to the first two films because um, obviously that one you know doesn't ignore two. That one just ignores four, five, and six, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, you, you know, obviously, this was this was the sort of Kevin Williamson era, wasn't yeah. it? Um, and uh, of course, you, you know, uh, weirdly, a a screen debut for Josh Hartnett <laughs> playing a son in that. So yeah. So you get yeah, the whole, yeah. So yeah, in that continuity, that. she uh, she didn't have the daughter, but she had the son. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love H H two O. I think it's um, yeah, like uh, certainly for like in my timeline of really loving horror, it was like two years after Scream. So I was just I was completely in love with all the Halloween films then. So I remember it feeling like oh, uh, a Halloween film, a new one is coming out. So suddenly it felt really good and everything. I think LL Cool J even is very good in it. <laughs> oh, he's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I watched it just the other day again to sort of remind yeah. myself. And I was like, you know what? This is actually quite a decent Halloween movie. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. it, it felt like, to me, it felt like, um, obviously the standard of movie had, had sort of dropped you know halloween four five and then six sort of they they seem to get sort of progressively worse in quality whereas this one felt like it sort of stepped back towards the quality of the original film obviously it doesn't touch the original but um in terms of actual filmmaking this this seemed this seemed uh a step in the right direction um jamie lee curtis it was just great to have her back and she looked fantastic 
in this film and i love the fact that we got the nurse back and um you know uh you know as another sort of link to the original film and uh yeah i mean i i i think h2o is a, a decent film it's not perfect by any means but i think it's uh it's a fairly good halloween film yeah um i think it's uh yeah i love i really i really love it it's definitely one of my favorites of all of them um i think it's it's surprisingly very different from in a weird way i think four five and six have are closer in some ways to the original but than h2o is but h2o was such a product of late 90s slashes and it kind of went how do we bring back one of the kind of godfathers of this genre but put that make that work in a kind of postmodern post scream kind of feel um yeah and i think and even putting scream 2 on the tv in one of the scenes was, was amazing yes. um, yeah but yeah i really liked it i think those like really great scenes and everyone's really good in it and it's got like the cast considering where they've gone on to um was incredible um but again yeah. that's a product of its time as well is that you could get these sort of new tv stars and turn them into movie stars by doing slasher movies um, yeah again yeah. Thanks well, I to mean, scream and you know josh josh hartnett and michelle williams I yeah, mean, yeah you know uh that's pretty impressive and i mean this this had the sort of typical 90s thing of being a bit winky yeah and yeah. uh I, I, but i have to say i do like the whole janet lee cameo and yeah. having the the car and the the the, the reference to the psycho music yeah and love stuff. that yeah. I, I i know I, and of course the line about it's it's halloween everyone's entitled to one good yeah. scare and all that i know that's all sort of massively winky yeah. uh references but I, I i kind of love it i have to say yeah I th- <laughs> yeah it's great and i think um what uh has been a big sort of selling point and a big story about the marketing surrounding halloween 2018 has been this idea of revisiting the character of laurie strode uh, as someone who's like kind of suffering from PTSD, who's been through all this trauma, which uh, for those of you who've seen Halloween 2018, I think they did so well. I absolutely love her performance in this year's Halloween. But weirdly, I feel like the narrative has completely forgotten that she did that in H2O really well as well. She did, um, yeah. Like that yeah, was, absolutely. she did it really well. Like she was an alcoholic, alcoholic she was having these dreams, yeah. she was smothering her sun and and being overprotective and overbearing nightmares yeah nightmares, it's like all of that uh, stuff is, is in there yeah, they, oh, yeah. The, the stuff that isn't in there she's not kind of stockpiling weapons and all of this stuff but actually that that is interesting enough that she kind of Kerry Tate believes that she's safe enough because she's moved across the country she's changed her name she faked her death but there's this hint that she'll never be over it but she, but in a weird way, it's like the stakes are higher because while she keeps seeing him in her nightmares and she's an alcoholic, I think you get the impression, well, he won't really find me. And then when he does, it's like, oh shit, he really found her. And that, like, she wasn't fully prepared in the way that she's more prepared in the new film. Um, so that when he comes, she, she, it was her worst nightmare, but she never quite believed it would happen enough to be ready for him you know she has like one revolver and you know she's not ready for this to really happen so she has to sort of 
step up her game. And I absolutely love that shot, um, the moment where she kind of smashes the, traps them inside the school grounds when the kids have gone. And every, uh-huh. and it's just him and her on the school ground, or so she thinks. And she's walking through and there's like the big shadow and she just screams Michael with the axe in her hand. It's like it's such an amazing moment in that film. It's so good. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this one holds up, I think. I still yeah. think it holds up, you know. I mean, just that we brought up Halloween 2018, which uh, I wish they picked another title because now we've got free Halloweens. <laughs> yeah. They should have called it H four O. I yeah. really do think they should have called well, it. Well, no, they they were going to call it <laughs> Halloween Returns, which I think would have been a better yeah. title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael Myers, but it's not spelt that way. It's a fan account, but uh, he's he's re- basically removed the two E's from the Michael and the Myers. Um, but yeah. he. Uh, but he, his favourite title was always Halloween Part 2, which I thought was quite good. Because I, I get that you can't call it Halloween 2, because then yeah. what does that make Halloween 2, both of them? Yeah. Um, but Halloween Part 2 could be quite interesting, because it kind of suggests continuity, but a gap as well. Yeah, I was going to say, because yeah. with, with, with the name just Halloween, it just makes it seem like it's another reboot. You know, so yeah. we've got well, we've yeah. now got the three films all named yeah. just Halloween. If you yeah. wanted to be really annoyingly pedantic and um, pretentious, the original's real title is John Carpenter's Halloween. So in that sense, it, this <laughs> yeah, could yeah. effectively yeah. be a remake of Rob Zombie's yeah. Halloween. <laughs> the thing I wanted to say about the new one is that uh, for a film that kind of set out to erase history and be its own thing. It just cherry picks from all the all other of films. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed the film when I was watching it, but now thinking about it, I have a few. I have a few problems. All right. Well, we'll get on to those. I, I, I have to. I have to admit. I. I. One of my regrets, and this is not. This is not anything we're going to sort of get into. But just. Just what I want to say is, I wish I hadn't watched the trailer for Halloween 2018. Because I think the trailer gave away an awful lot. And a lot of it was these things that were kind of homages to the other Halloween films. Right. I mean, right right down to the, you know, the bit where he goes in the kitchens, very much like the bit in Halloween 2 where she's going, do you want some mayonnaise on your sandwich? You know, that whole bit. <laughs> and, uh, you, you know, I'd seen that in the trailer before I even saw the film. So yeah. it was like damn i wish i hadn't seen the trailer it gave away so much but uh, oh and definitely like the vicky attack from the closet um which in the trailer was so good i was like oh my god this film's gonna be amazing and then as soon as she put the kid to bed i was like i know exactly where this goes Mm. um and i did i did agree i was like i was just like oh i wish i didn't know that he's in that closet. Like, like yeah. you know exactly well, how this, this is, scene goes. This is yeah. the thing. I, I didn't see the trailer for this. <laughs> Come thankfully. out of the closet, Mr. Myers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it, again, it was, a lot of this stuff was it was very much signposted and I, I felt some of the, the, the jumps in it were not very well timed. Um, the 
so you know as as we've warned you before we're getting into spoilers but in the third act when it's Laurie Stroud and Michael Myers going up against each other there is a bit where you know it's you feel oh wow this is getting really tense this really get tense where's he going to come from where did he come from and when they did the reveal it was like oh wow okay that just did not do anything for me you know it, it just it was really bizarre yeah, I mean it's 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 not it's not it's not a perfect film by no, any means. No. But you know what? But before I mean, we, I can I... drill into it too much though. I we have jumped over Halloween Resurrection, which Your is favorite, probably a good thing. <laughs> but the, the, the only the only reason I wanted to mention it is is just the fact that that my biggest problem with Halloween Resurrection was is the very beginning where it just takes a massive yes. turd on the Laurie Strode character. You oh, know so, what I mean? Okay, I was just yeah. like, I, I mean, and again, we talk about ridiculous wrecked on him, you know, with the whole, yeah. oh, you didn't chop Michael's head off. Oh, yeah. Chop yeah. the guy, <laughs> yes. the ambulance driver with his <laughs> larynx crushed or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was kind of bonkers. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and that seemed to, that whole film seemed to follow a trope of, Again, I can't remember the examples, but the whole sort of haunted reality TV show was was a bit of a trope with a couple of other films, I think, at yeah, the time. Yeah, My Little Eye yeah, was, yeah. was a good um, version of that. And they just kind of, let's do it with the Halloween franchise and make a sort yeah. of very sort of substandard Halloween film. But I, I sorry, I, I know you were in the middle of it, Simon, but I just wanted to quickly go back there before oh, okay. we dig into into the new film well, so i mean if, if any of you guys got anything you want to say about halloween resurrection or shall we just plow straight no on with the okay new stuff? i i do i i saw an interview with uh, jamie lee curtis where she talked about this and she said i did h2o because i wanted to kill off michael myers and then i found out in my contract that you cannot kill michael myers you cannot <laughs> kill him off and you get a bit of her as she is in the, in the new one. You know, she's very resourceful. She's set up a trap for him. But, you know, it, it, it really goes pear-shaped for her. And yeah, they, yeah. Yeah, they, just, they just kill her off. And it's just like, fuck. And then you have to sit for the rest of the film. Yeah, and yeah. And the only thing that makes it up is Buster Rhymes fighting Michael Myers. Yeah, it's, <laughs> doing karate. Know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a such a bizarre disappointment. It's also yeah. uh, I feel really sad about Halloween Resurrection just because of my age. It was the first time I saw a Halloween movie in the cinema, uh, and that is a shame to be that yeah. one. I yeah. mean, even though that even though at the time I was like so young, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've now seen a fair few of them in cinemas by finding like, but uh, yeah that was the first time I actually saw a Halloween film in the cinema because I was 18 so I was old enough to go and see it in the cinema but that was it um, and I wore a mask and a boiler suit to go see it as well um, no one gave a shit really <laughs> no, I, actually, yeah. actually while, while we talk of masks and boiler suits I do have to just say this is uh one i'm trying to remember what year it was but there was one year that i went to um thorpe park one halloween when they were doing uh you know their their halloween special thing 
And I went, uh, I don't think you're allowed to do this now. I went, in fact, I'm probably the reason you're not allowed to do this now. I went dressed as Michael Myers. So I, I bought a, a boiler suit and some some boots and, and the Halloween mask. And I had like a, a plastic um, uh, kitchen knife kind of thing. And I went and I told the people I was with, right, I said, I'm going to stay in character all night. And they were like, <laughs> Keith, we know how much you talk. There's no way you're not going to say anything for like six hours. And I said to them, I absolutely am. I'm going to not say anything. I'm going to be in character the whole time. Right. So I went and people were wanting to have the, the, the pe guests in the park were wanting to have their photos taken with me and everything. Right. But here was the thing. We went on all of the rides, right? <laughs> everything, all of the roller coasters. And I went without speaking, without screaming, but most importantly, without holding on, because I figured Michael wouldn't be doing <laughs> white knuckles on a white knuckle ride because he's Michael Myers. So I did actually manage to stay in character and not speak for a whole six hours so it, uh, wow. whilst being conscious. So it can be done, folks. You're my I hero. I actually <laughs> shut up occasionally. <laughs> but it was good fun. And, yeah. and, but seriously, the guests, the amount of guests that wanted to have their picture taken with me was ridiculous, right? Yeah. And uh, it does make me wonder if that's why now you're not allowed to wear costumes oh. for those things, you know? <laughs> wow. Well, <laughs> anyway, maybe you sorry, that's my people. side story. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. I love Halloween, so I, you know, I went to that extreme. So yeah, there you yeah. Go. good for you. You're my hero. <laughs> I love it. That's commitment. Anyway, sorry. Back All to right, resurrection. So resurrection. Oh, well, that's not. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think there's much more you can say about it. It's, it is what it is. It, it, it's a dimension film, and it was at a time when dimension was taking these uh, franchises like this and Hellraiser, and they were just turning out any old tosh. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it, it was Tosh. Yes, and yeah, we've, it's, we've it's covered the Rob Zombie ones enough, haven't we? Well, yeah. Could I just say one more thing about the Rob Zombies? Uh, okay. I said what I liked about the first one, uh, Halloween Two, Rob Zombie Halloween Two. I've only ever managed to get through twice. Um, theatrical and director's cut, right? Only director's cut. I've not seen the theatrical oh, version. Okay. Yeah, um, it is horse shit of the worst stench in many many ways but there is one scene in that movie which i am blown away by and is genuinely horrifying in a really good way i think was the thing about rob zombie's general approach to horror i think is what turns people off is that he to his credit makes films that m that want you to feel very bad and i think he mm. does deliver on that in the sense that um you feel dirty when you watch a rob zombie movie you feel ugly you feel like <laughs> sad to be a human you feel total nihilism like there's no relief from any of it it's it's miserable the world in which he creates and many people don't necessarily want that out of a film but i think it's quite a bold statement sometimes that he, he keeps doing that because he says we're making horror we're making the darkest side of humanity and this is what how i see it 
And so from that sense, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt as I think he that's what he said is, if Rob Zombie's making Halloween, that's the version I'm going to make, right? And I think he kind of did that with the first one. There is no light. There is all dark. All the humans in it are appalling. There is gratuitous rape and nudity that doesn't need to be in there. And I don't like any of that, but I see what he was trying to do. With Halloween 2... He was sort of doing more of that, but then all this mad shit with his mum and the white horse that I don't... Un- oh, I can't see yeah. where that came into it. He turns Loomis, which has been like this figure, this character that was so beloved by Halloween fans. He turns yeah. him from a bit of an arrogant guy in the first one to being a total maniac, horrible, cruel yeah. person in the second one. Um, he turns Laurie Strode into a screaming, whinging terrible person just destroys all his own characters but the one bit that i genuinely think is amazing in that film is after um annie is is killed for real in this one spoiler alert um so when daniel harris is is murdered and then brad darif's sheriff comes and finds her in the house something happens that like they never do in slasher movies i think because people want to believe that slashes are fun um, and it goes quiet and it goes still for just a moment while we watch a father genuinely grieving for his dead child while trying to maintain like a professionalism as well as being the sheriff but uh-huh. he is like Brad Dourif does such an amazing job of it um, the music suddenly changes. It all just the film just suddenly becomes this really melancholy, sad, like genuinely sad moment where you suddenly go, "Holy shit, this is real now!" Like his his daughter's just died in the most terrific yeah. way, and he's had to find her, but he can't stay with her and grieve because he's he's the sheriff of the town. He has to stop it, and I think again the film in general doesn't even deserve that scene but um from a horror movie perspective i really like when um you just see something that go that makes you kind of question what you're enjoying about it because i think all too often with slasher movies actually they're super fun you end up rooting for the villain you end up loving the kills you end up uh, cheering on the violence um and i'm not saying that's a there's anything necessarily wrong with that because that's the the context in which these films exist but i think what he does in that scene is he he shows us the genuine like humanity for just a moment of a yeah of the realism of that and just for that moment alone i think there is merit in that film having said yeah. that all the other moments in that film are pretty much unwatchable. So, <laughs> no, I, I, I agree entirely. I mean, we love Brad Dourif, and uh, you know, we are generally quite numb and desensitized to slashes in general. But uh, I know the scene you mean, and uh, yeah, that is a genuinely good bit of acting and well directed. And you know, like you said, taking the music out, all of that stuff um, yeah. really works. Uh, but yeah, the rest of the film. You know, it does its own thing. It doesn't follow Halloween 2. It, it kind of literally does its own thing. Even though it's only a couple of years later, apparently the, the actor that was playing young Michael Myers had had such a growth spurt that they had to recast. And oh, the yeah. kiddie they've got in this is nothing like him. Yeah. Um, 
and I agree absolutely with what you said is is in these films, you know, Laurie Strode is quite an unlikable character. And, you know, we like Malcolm McDowell as an actor, but in this film, the second one, you know, it really takes a dump on Loomis because the character is totally despicable and he's all about money and celebrity and book sales and yeah, it's just a really nasty character that yeah. you uh, that you don't root for at all, which is kind of you, you know completely anti the love that we we always had for the Loomis character. You know when when, when Pleasance would play him, so um, you know he did something different, but different doesn't yeah. necessarily mean good. No, exactly. You know? And I, I'd almost I'd almost say um, with that in mind that in a way he's presenting a quite realistic vision of after the trauma that all these people have gone through the way those flawed human beings might deal with it so in a weird way that is almost quite commendable but he completely ignores the fact that people want to go and be entertained to some degree by these films and they want to be able to root for someone and there is nothing about that film that entertains um uh, drives people to want to stay with the characters because no one is is has got anything to like about them. Um, even Annie is just sort of just horrible. Like they're just it's just the two of them screaming at each other for most of the film. It's just uh. so um, yeah. It's it's basically just saying, do you know what's awful? All human beings. Michael Myers isn't even the worst one in that. They're all uh. horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He made all the human characters despicable, yeah. and you end up, you know, sympathising for, for for Michael. And, yeah. uh, you know, and as I said, you know, the, the 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 whole mechanics overalls and the mask and everything, the design of all of that, I thought all of that worked because he largely kept that to how it had been in the original, but just changed everything else. Yeah, he, he does wear a hoodie a lot in that film. That is that I feel like that was pushing it. Also, most of the mask is gone by the end of it, so you are just looking at a, again another sort of Rob Zombie lookalike, bearded, long-haired oh, metaler yeah. for a lot of yeah. it. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. well. So, Simon, sorry. Sorry. Uh, carry carry on from because now now is the time to get into our spoilerific. <laughs> Uh, Halloween 2018, but uh, yeah, sorry, I just felt that we we needed to cover those those last few films in the franchise before we got to it. So, so okay. we've got well, Jason Blum uh, involved now, which is which is always do, a good thing, right? But <laughs> we also have Miramax involved, and you know, I don't know. So, okay, what I was sort of saying, sort of my point being is that the they set out to make this their own and for those first i guess 20 minutes it does i i love the stuff at the um at the mental institute that whole scene where the podcasters <laughs> who are doing the investigation come <laughs> and try and interview uh michael myers try and get some words out of him was i would have quite liked that role I'd have quite liked that role, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it was very effective. Yeah. But then it was just like, okay, I, I understand that they're, it, this is like discontinuing, you know, discounting everything else that happens. But then they use 
everything that's happened in all the other Halloween films. So he's getting transferred. So you know what's going to happen there. <laughs> There's never been a transfer of Michael Myers that's gone well, is there? No. <laughs> you know, and then he gets a car at a toilet, which, you know, yeah. where do we see that? H2O. H2O, yeah. Even and the garage, uh, the same thing from Halloween 4 as well. Yeah. 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 And, and then, you know, uh, as you say, with the sort of, uh, the sort of homage to two, where he he kills the the, you know, the woman in the kitchen, and and the silver shamrock masks. Yes, so uh, yes, well, that, yes. that was that. I didn't mind that. That was nice that Easter was, egg. Yeah, that was yeah. a nice Easter egg. But yeah. I mean, it was it's just this, it's just this weird thing that you know they they were going like you know everything you love about the Halloween films, well. Discount that because none of that happens. But we're just going to cherry pick from all those films to, to make this film. And mm-hmm. do do we want to talk about our, our new Sam Loomis character in this, the new Doctor? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, we we've, we've okay. given spoiler warnings, okay. so we're we're going to go there for sure. Well, yeah, th- he wasn't really a character. He was just a device so that they could get Michael Myers from Haddonfield to Laurie Stroud's house. That's what I felt. Because his character and his motivations then bring up a lot of questions that the film never answers. Yes. Yeah, I mean, one of the... the, There's a a lot of things this film does that I think it does very well. I mean, I think it's it's, it's well made. Uh, I I loved the fact that they... They kept the uh, the exact font and everything for the for the opening credits, and you know, back to the whole sort of pumpkin jack o' lantern thing. Um, you, you know, I love the fact they did all that. Obviously, the music. You know, of course, Carpenter and his son was was sort of involved in this as well. Um, it's it's weird actually. When I, again, when I think about the my my childhood and and the inspiration for me there was always kind of with with movie music it was always kind of at one end of the scale you had you know john williams with the big sort of uh orchestral uh you know scores and then at the other end Mm. you had you you know the, the synth stuff by carpenter that was really stripped back but both i equally loved when i was a kid you know in terms of those soundtracks to movies it was yeah. uh, it was good and i but, have to say the, the soundtrack is the best thing about the film i mean it yeah was, it was great to have john carpenter come back with with his son as well doing the music but it then makes you wonder well if he was doing the music why didn't they ask him to direct it I think well, they did. Maybe he thought he'd done that before and he didn't. Because I know the reason he didn't do two was because he felt he'd already made that movie. So didn't particularly want to direct, you know, the same thing again. And maybe that's how he felt here. I don't know. Because wasn't he even offered H2O as well? I think he's been offered right? all of them. Yeah. And at some point in the negotiation, he's mm. been offered all of the films and he's never, he's always said... No, um, someone I'll take else the check. Do it, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, he always takes the check. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. 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 It, well, to be fair, he and Deborah Hill did create this this stuff. But, mm. but um, yeah, I mean, 
one of the things I was disappointed about um, in terms of the beginning, so if we're going for it sort of chronologically here, is yeah. I was hoping that there would be, I know they talk a lot about it, but I was hoping if I had made this film, I would have wanted it to have started with the opening saying, you know, Haddonfield, Illinois, um, October 31st, 1978, Halloween. And actually, like they did in Halloween 2, showed the very end bit with, uh, with, 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 you know, Michael, just to have that, because obviously they refer to it, but mm. I just think to tie it to that, it would have been really nice. And then, and then to come to 2018, you know, I hadn't filled 2018 later, but but they didn't they didn't go there. No, I I I think that was a good thing because you Do you, you, okay. you well you have a character there who was there the night they arrested Michael Myers, and it's like the Will Patton character. Yeah, yeah? I I yeah. didn't need to see that. Also, I mean that made me laugh because in all these sequels, you always have a character who was there on the night. I mean, you had Paul Rudd in Six who was playing the kid that Laurie Stroud was babysitting, <laughs> you know. And now yeah, we got, yeah. we, now we got the, Tom, the sheriff. Tommy. Tom <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, though, I have to say, I thought he was actually the, the stuttering kid from the fifth one at first. <laughs> Billy. Right. I re- yeah, it was, yeah. It's just, Tommy Doyle, wasn't it, you were supposed to be, is that right? Yeah. yeah the kid yeah, yeah. from the first film, yeah. 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 And Lindsay was also in, in, in one of them, wasn't she? Was that four or five? You I think know, the, she does. The one that Annie was babysitting. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. She does crop yeah. up in four very briefly, I think. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, the thing is, because um, Jamie had grown up, it, 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 he seemed to be of a similar age to Jamie. But if he was the, the kid that Laurie Stroud was babysitting, he'd be a lot older. So that's... That's why it felt like he was the the stuttering kid from the the, the fifth one. I think it's just I think the problem there is Paul Rudd because Paul Rudd never <laughs> ages. <Yes. laughs> um and JC Brandy who played the older Jamie, I think she's only meant to be like 16 the character mm. or something. Um but she just looks old because it's like 1995 and she's got short hair or something I don't know because yeah. I know what you yeah. mean but it's like I think yeah. the character's meant to be a teenager um, whereas Paul Rudd's meant to be like 25 or something <laughs> so, yeah but yeah. It, yeah, they look about the same but he'll forever look the same age so but here's the thing I know mm. John Carpenter always said you know Michael Myers is, is just a sort of force of nature you know to sort of explain you know is 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 uh, superhuman um, strength and and you know vulnerability and all or invulnerability and all that stuff. But um, the, 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 I'm nitpicking a lot here. But what mm. the thing with the thing with H2O, okay, because it included Halloween two and therefore included the sister storyline. Okay, yeah. there was there was some motivation as to why Michael specifically was going after Laurie Strode. Okay. In this film, that's obviously now really ambiguous because, okay, she was the survivor from that night. But other than that, 
it's like, well, why is he going after her? Well, he wasn't... Ori- that's the thing. He wasn't originally because in, he seemed to be just on a killing spree. I mean, he was literally killing random people. He was. Yeah, everyone. Yeah, yes. it's literally like, you know, I, I was really happy that he didn't kill the baby. Yes. And I think, yeah. I thought he was going to for a minute. I thought he was he going kill to the, as well. He did, t- he, he did kill the kid, though, which I was quite surprised yeah, about. First kill. You know, yeah, the, oh, yeah, yeah, the, in, the kid the with the coach. gun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, would, yeah. I would challenge the motivation thing on Laura, the question there. Uh, how many times have you seen this one? Oh, I've only seen this the once. Okay. I've seen it once, and that was yeah. on opening day. I'd go yeah. again because I think you kind there is some stuff to take in, but I... I um, my feeling on the Laurie Strode motivation thing is that in this film, again, spoiler alert, everyone, he's not going after Laurie Strode. Um, at no, no point no. does he try to get to Laurie Strode. She goes after him. So she go- she finds him in the house, in um, the kid's house where Vicky's babysitting. She sees him in the window, right? And yeah. then he's, ta- like you said earlier, he's taken to her by Dr. Sartain. Um, and she's ready for him. She wants him to find her. But yeah. if she'd have just moved away, all yeah. he was doing was going home to Haddonfield, where he was before, where the killing began for him, so like where he kills Judith and where he kills on, in 78. So all he's yeah. done is gone back to Haddonfield to carry on killing people because that's where he knows, like that's his home. So if she'd yeah. have moved, if she'd have stayed on the H2O plan and moved to... Um, Summer Glen, LA. California, yeah. or whatever. She, um, that would have been fine because he, she, he just wouldn't have crossed her path again. He would have just killed right. people. So I, I feel like that was fine. <laughs> because the prison bus crash wasn't random. That was the doctor that yeah. orchestrated that, right? Yeah. Yeah. He sees... Oh, yeah. So yeah. whereas Loomis yeah. saw him as pure evil and the devil's eyes and all that stuff... Sartan yeah. sees him as an animal and he wants to observe the animal in its natural habitat, which is go home and let him kill people. Right, right. Which, uh, which, uh, you know, that, that kind of, again, one of my, there's a lot of things I liked about this film, but mm. one of the things that I maybe wasn't so keen on was the whole, you know, him being like, you, you, you know, <laughs> sort of like, part of the cult that that, that, yeah. or, or that, yeah. that likes my especially that whole bit from the the um you, you know the bit where he gets he gets hit with will Patton's character you know hits him with the uh police police vehicle and then you, you, you know uh the doctor ends up stabbing him and puts on the mask and all that at that point i was a bit uh, i'm not sure i like that you know but yeah but well, as I said, a lot it, I did it, like. it felt like he was like uh, you know just there in the script, so he could get Michael Myers to Laurie, Laurie Strauss. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was kind I of mean, a device. Yeah, yeah, but because one, one because one of... because once once he's he 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 was finished. Once he got him there, that was it. His part was over. He was killed off. In the, I, I have to say, it felt that his kill was felt very different to all the other Michael Myers films he kills it, it felt more like something that uh, you know Jason Voorhees Jason yeah. Voorhees yeah. yeah yeah I thought that I thought I felt that it was it was it was that over the top that yeah. it, you, you know it was it, it had that sort of slightly 
unreal over the yeah. top feel about it but uh, but one of the things one of the things mm. i did like actually one line that i did that did make me kind of uh, chuckle when i thought oh that's good is when his granddaughter uh, sorry when her grand when laurie's <laughs> granddaughter yes. and uh, her friends are chatting and the the guy says something about like yeah well wasn't wasn't she his sister didn't he come yeah, home to get his okay. and she goes oh that that's the thing of sort of folklore or whatever or myth you know kind of thing i did like that that they kind of they went there and sort of addressed that so well um, yeah, i i know. don't know i i did feel like that was a bit of a fuck you to all the other halloween films i really i know that john carpenter said it was a mistake to make her the sister mm. in the second in the script for the second one but that did feel like uh, a little bit of a fuck you and also the fact that it, it was kind of saying, well, we're going to try and be different from all the others. And then I said, they just, it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't. And I mean, um, I, well, I mean, the positives, Jamie Lee Curtis, brilliant. Absolutely amazing. Oh, she's wonderful. She's yeah. really good in it. I thought the, the rest of the family was really well done, even though, um, uh, Ju- Judy there. Greer was a bit wasted, wasn't she, as the daughter? No, I mean, she no. had her moment. She but. had her moments. I think she was really good at it. I think the problem with Judy Greer is that she's always playing a mum. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Jurassic World mum. <laughs> she just seems to be. We need somebody to play a mum. Who could we get? Um. But I mean, I thought she. I thought she was. She was really well done. I thought. Uh, Actually, her motivations was kind of sketched out. I thought she had a great moment at the end. I mean, I thought it was a, a really good moment. I thought the granddaughter was good as well, even though the whole thing with the boyfriend was a bit, you know, that he was there and then he just was disposed of very quickly. Not even killed. He was just like, he's gone now. Mm. I, I, like, did, I did. Mm. I did like the whole motion sensor thing, though, with with the oh with the boyfriend's friend <laughs> oh yeah yeah that poor guy <laughs> yeah i mean there was as i said there was some really that was very well done there was some there was some good stuff in it but there was some stuff in it was you know i the 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 one shot at first was kind of i i i thought oh this is oh wow this is really good but then it's just like but michael myers it, this is a, I don't know, it just didn't feel like the character. The fact that he just went in and killed somebody and walked off and then killed somebody again. In that mm. such such a quick succession like that. Al, mm. what do you think? What, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I must say I loved it so much. <laughs> um, <laughs> I completely hear what you both are mm. saying. Um, yeah. And even though, yeah, but do you know what? I don't see any of them as negatives. I, I loved I mean, it I so liked much. It. I felt don't get like me wrong. I liked it. I'm nitpicking yeah, yeah. here. I did like. Yeah, it yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, I, I just, um, I was so excited to go see it. I was like, mm. um, I took the morning off, went by myself. The first one, uh, I did. I just, yeah. I loved it <laughs> so much. I loved the fact that it was like, I felt like we were being given it. Um, we've not had an original Halloween film since 2002 it was like wow we're getting a halloween film again i just i'm so grateful for that i genuinely cried at the end when the credits rolled because i was just so overwhelmed that it that it that i liked it so much um i thought it was like a really great um 
quite relatively on the nose, but really well played metaphor um, from a perspective of like destroying the patriarchy, where the the three women with differences have to come together to destroy um, mute and violent males. I thought that was like such a great yeah. story. Um, I thought Jamie Lee was amazing, and Simon. While I hear what you're saying about going back and doing all these moments from the other films. Mm. Um, I have two thoughts on that. First of all, I really liked it because I loved so I love just spotting tributes to stuff right. anyway from a sort of geeky perspective. But I also <laughs> thought it was just... It had to be that because I feel like, as with many, many Halloween films in the franchise, they're always slightly a product of the time in which they come out. And the time in which this one's come out is a time where we're always, from a pop culture standpoint, looking back. So we're always looking retroactively at stuff that we liked as kids or something like that. So I think with this one, they went, look, everyone agrees now because we can see the internet and everyone talks about this stuff and there's this podcast and many other yeah. things. Is yeah, that yeah. we know that people want the original we can't do the original. We're not going to try and do exactly the original, but we're trying to remain faithful to that. But for all those fans that love the franchise, yeah. let's throw in some cool little things that if you like... Even, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but um, Ray, the um, so Judy Greer's husband, the character Ray, speaks about how a friend of his, Lonnie, was arrested back in his youth or something... And Lonnie's the kid that, like, Dr. Loomis says, Lonnie, get your ass get away your from ass there. The <laughs> and I was like, yeah, oh, that's yeah. so cool that you, like, remember, like, just worked all that stuff into it. Yeah. So yeah, while no, I totally I get the, oh, that felt, I can see how that would feel like that's a bit of a cheat if you're not going to. But I get also, and I, I've seen some interviews where they've kind of said, like, look, we couldn't work out which timeline would be the best to follow so we got rid of all of them um and i was like that's i'm fine with that and if you want to throw in a bunch of references go for it well i mean these are to your point about the fact that you know we're we're living in a time when these filmmakers are are sort of making films you you know that, that that reference the the past i mean when you think about it these filmmakers are from our generation so they're yeah. literally kind of what we'd be doing if we were lucky enough to be making these these studio films, you know, yeah. um, you, you know, in terms of homaging them and, and referencing back and and, and whatever, um, you know, they're, they're they're doing that. But I mean, I, I want to go on the record here as saying on this, uh, even though I'm nitpicking about a few things, um, I do love this film, and it's not it's not like the predator was for me or <laughs> jurassic world was for me where those are franchises that i i love but i had a problem with the latest film yeah uh, in this case i'm just saying for points of conversation here a yeah few of course yeah. things but i actually really enjoyed it yeah so yeah. you know don't get me wrong <laughs> okay yeah. i'm gonna go on the record and say i don't think well i don't think this film was for me okay and i'll say that because I was sitting in the front of the screen and I had a young couple next to me and they were scared shitless. Mm. I mean, they were up into their chairs and they literally, by the end, they looked like the chair was trying to eat them. 
because it was so in the back of it trying to to get away from the screen i'm going this is for a new generation of of horror fans these are for horror fans well for for people who've never seen a horror film before yeah it, it works on that for me for somebody who's seen a load of horror films it had no effect on me I mean, yeah. I, I enjoyed it, and I will watch it again, and I think it's a lot better than, you know, some of the films in there. But I, it, thinking back on, on the screening, it's kind of like it did there's certain things that niggled me. And it was just like, why is it that we can't seem... Filmmakers can't seem to come up with new ways of doing things it's it, it that that kind of does bother me as a filmmaker because it's like is it a case of as you say well they couldn't think of anything or is it the fact that they were told by the studios because you've got you know you've got universal you've got miramax you've got yeah um blumhouse uh, blumhouse you know did they all say well this is a halloween film so you've got to have these things in it yeah and it, you know, it, as I say, it was enjoyable, but it didn't. There, there was nothing in it that made, you know, made me jump, made me scared. It was a lot of stuff in there that I'd seen before, and as not just in other Halloween films, but in other horror films, and those films was able to do it better. I mean, character-wise, very spot on. You made you care for all the characters in it, and so, you know, when they when they do get killed you're like you, you do feel sad mm. but then it was just, I, I, what did you guys think of the comedy cops they literally brought back the comedy cops from from five yeah i mean i mean that was kind of that that did feel that felt a little bit more like the writer director stamp didn't it in terms of uh you look at you you, you know we if we just look at the production a second um mm. you know both from the director and the and the writer side you've got you know danny mcbride as the writer and david gordon green as the director and these are obviously quite different project this is quite a different project to what they've they've sort of done previously right Mm -hmm. um and i guess the sort of uh i don't know the comedy i mean i did i did kind of i was somewhat amused about the conversation about the sandwich even though it was probably, um, you know, it felt it did feel like it was from another movie, but I did, uh, I did find it kind of amusing. Yeah. yeah what what did mean, you think, Alistair? I I thought with the I I was I was fine with the comedy cops. I don't think they. It had such a small moment that I felt like it was well played enough. I thought like the the joke about the sandwich was was kind of it was smart enough that it was like. I, I just don't feel like you can compare it to the Halloween Five comedy cops, where they've literally got <laughs> sound effects as they walk of clowns. Oh, clouds. I know, but and, I they, and they actually say the at one point was, when that yeah. scene came along, I was like, "Are these the comedy cop? They, they are. <laughs> they're doing the comedy cops. I mean, because they're literally sitting outside looking at, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, the same thing. But I think it's not a trope that doesn't have its place within mm. really great films. Dewey in Scream is a comedy cop. He's like, um, you know, they've been doing that in horror movies since Last House on the Left. So it does happen. And I think it can work and it can also be very badly done. 
But I felt in it's this one it did homage. work. Yeah, I but I mean, the thing was that, I, that what I think kind of why I didn't quite like it was the fact that it literally came out of nowhere and it just came at a moment where it was like, I should be feeling more tension now. This is not the point to sort of, you know, rele- have a release. I mean, the yeah, way those yeah. guys got killed was, you know, when you saw their bodies was like, wow, that's really good. But when did he have the time to do all that hollowing out and stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I mean, that, that, was, that, that was, it's funny. There is, there is a little section of the film which, mm. which was really from the bit where, um, you, you know, as I said, they, they, they run Michael Myers over, but then, of course, you know, stop mm. and don't keep going. Yeah. Uh, right the way through, you know, the the reveal of the of the doctor and him putting the mask on and then getting in the thing right the way through you know michael killing him and getting the ghost comedy cops and then like sort of setting up the elaborate you know, like you said the halloween mask almost with his head and all this sort of thing that that little bit there is the the bit that felt the most clunkiest for me of 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 the whole film um was 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 that little sort of um uh you know sequence of events just just did seem a little bit yeah not quite working w- yeah. as well with the rest of it but again I, I, well, i'm being quite I'd, nitpicky here yeah i mean yeah. i loved the stuff in the house i thought once oh, once yeah. once they they started facing off each other i thought that was really good I and mean, as i said there was a scare in it that didn't work for me i think the timing of it was just just badly executed, but that's just me. Uh, I know the couple next to me, they, they <laughs> would disagree with me because they jumped out of their skins. But, uh, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I always think of like the scare in Jaws with the head coming out. That It, it gets me every time. I've mm-hmm. seen it get other people as well. And so, you know, it's... It, oh, was, the Ben Gardner thing. Yeah, yeah amazing, I mean, yeah. I, was, I mean, also with Halloween, there's certain jump scares in that that work really well and so it was it was just a shame it's like wow damn if you only got well for me you know they only hit that one properly i think you're really on the money simon saying about how you know the idea that it wasn't made for you it's so Mm, hard for especially in a context of these kind of films that are based on older films that we've probably grown up with different you know versions of and stuff but Absolutely, like slasher movies, so specifically, have always been aimed at a teenage audience. Yeah. And because I had the same experience on the second time I went, there was a, a young couple next to me, teenagers. They um, annoyed me a bit because they were whispering the entire way through the film. But I realized halfway through that they were trying to comfort each other. Yeah. And that the, the yeah. boy was like trying to be manly and take care of his girlfriend but then once the once the kills started he was freaking out and i was like i i felt like you i didn't go as far as to go it wasn't made for me but but i feel like from a maybe from the filmmaker's perspective i was like they are riding pretty tricky uh sort of tightrope here where they've got to make this film that's going to please people who were kids in 1978 um, mm-hmm. enough but they've also got to earn money from the cinema going audience of like 16 to 25 year olds yeah. who are going to go and sit and enjoy this film um, 
as if they as, and they may never have heard of Halloween even yeah. some of them you know well, I mean I mean like, like all of the Halloween sequels this one certainly did you know it upped the body count and gore big time because yeah. well, again like when you think about it in the first film you only have you know what is it the the the, the four on screen deaths in total um, yeah, yeah. along with the dog yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the uh, the mechanic in the in the weeds, well, there's the yeah. mechanic, but you don't actually see that one. Do you? Well, yeah, he's that, the off-screen. That. Yeah, yeah, he's the off-screen. Yeah. So, um, you, you know, because I, I guess, because again, I, I was thinking when they said he killed five people, I was trying to sort of do the math in my head, and I was like, well, there was there was the the the, the three friends plus the mechanic. So, are they including Judith as well in that? Uh, you know, or, or did he kill someone to get out of the asylum? <laughs> he has killed five, I suppose. It depends. I don't remember whether they say in 1978 or not. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I think uh, for me, I, I would just want to mention, while I'm remembering it, um, Julian was a revelation. The kid, uh, the being be, being babysat, absolutely oh, yes. stunning. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah. If I was you, I'd run. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, he was great. He was no, incredible. Well and the, my only beef with with his character, again, again, really super nitpicking, is that once he'd run out of the door, we didn't see any more of him, and I feel like mm. that was underutilized. But having said that, I'm not sure how you'd tie that character up. I'm just sort of going. He ran down to the Mackenzies to call the police, and that's fine. That's what he's done. And the other one, uh, the Rianne Reese who played Dana in the two podcasters. Yeah. Um, I just thought she was really, really... I think both of the, the podcaster actors were really great. But um, she just had a real... I don't know, I felt like sometimes you just see actors that you've not seen before and go, man, I want to see more of her. And I just thought she was really... She wrote a great line between trying to get the story but being genuinely a bit creeped out by what they were doing yeah which was quite yeah. interesting and then her death the was probably really one of the best well. in it i thought um sorry what was that i said i love the fact that they were they were british as well yeah, you know, yeah. i love the fact that uh yeah know, he, he, he put them in there but uh yeah i this if this is why i find the the, the doctor reveal kind of disturbing annoying because you set you set up this whole visit by um by the, the the british podcasters and they show him the mask and you have this this you know he doesn't they they say speak michael speak and he kind of does through all the other inmates who are like freaking out by this mm. and you're thinking oh god you know th- having the mask near him this is going to wake wake him up yeah but then to find out Really, the the bus accident is because of the doctor. It, it takes that away, and I'm, I that's it, I it's agree, kind of yeah, annoy me a bit. Yeah. You know, it, it's like why? Yeah, I I I was I wasn't completely satisfied with the whole doctor thing. You mm. know, um, you, you know there was. I mean, there's a there's a lot. You know, all the Laurie Strode stuff and her family and and all of that stuff works amazingly and i'm totally yeah. happy with that and i love the 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 setup with the house and you, you know the all the weapons and the safe room and all that sort of stuff i thought that was all the all the tomb as it turned it out turned out to be um yeah. you, you, you know was 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 really 
good and and you know all the references to the the old stuff but the yeah the doctor bit was the one bit that didn't quite satisfy but um i don't know i mean as i say i don't know much about this uh production and i'm sure we're going to learn more now that it's out but it does that feels like a false note and that does feel like something that was included by this studio yeah could know. well be it does it, it does feel like that because everything else in the beginning the way that was set up makes it feel like they you know that it was all going to be on michael myers shoulders mm. giving them the benefit of the doubt i wonder whether the intention whether it maybe it wasn't realized very well i wonder whether the intention with that is that he's a, a character that's over the years come to know michael myers and has now got a delusion of grandeur where he thinks he can try and control the situation and from that perspective the it's almost like a very black comedy moment that as soon as he tries to do that Mm. um michael takes control back and then literally stamps his head into the ground i kind of think like oh that's (laughs) that's quite a funny sort of like oh you want to try and control michael myers forget it um, and it's almost maybe a nod to Halloween Six's Man in Black, perhaps of like yeah, we're not doing that. Yeah. You're not going to be able. Well, to yeah, do that. it was kind of almost like the the, the sort of cultish thing again, yeah. wasn't it? it yeah, was, but it was I bit... mean, it's it just wasn't it wasn't done executed very well. No, that's no. that's the um, problem. Yeah. I don't think he should have put the mask on. The Doctor should not do like that. Was I a know. Real odd. I know. I was really annoyed when he put the mask on. Yeah. I was like, no. That properly there. messes with the kind of legend of Michael Myers thing. I think that people just will not like. He shouldn't. Uh, but also, it didn't make any narrative sense either. So it was like there was no reason for him to put it on because all he did was put it on, drag the body into the car, and then take it straight off again. It wasn't like. There was no reason for him to wear it in any in any way. Um, so yeah, if if I'm going to nitpick, it'll be that. <laughs> That's probably yeah, my only yeah. one. Don't put well, the mask enough. on. <laughs> um, I, I got to ask, what did you think? What what were our thoughts on the the Loomis tapes? I mean, obviously, I think they used the fact that it was on old audio yeah. cassette and and y- you know the playback of that as a sort of way to describe uh, to. to, to to disguise it not being quite perfect as um you know an imitation of of donald pleasance but did did you buy it did 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 that work for you i would say it's a much better imitation of donald pleasance than the h2o one uh so yeah well (laughs) actually on that note i didn't i never got that because i know it was um Tom Kane, the, the 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 voice actor that went on, he, he does Yoda in the yeah. in the Clone Wars uh, animated series. So he's he's you know quite known for sort of doing impressions of other actors doing a yeah. character. But what I never understood in H two O was the dialogue was exactly what <laughs> yeah. Loomis had said. So I don't understand why they had someone re-record it. I mean, obviously in this case they had to because it was completely different stuff. Yeah. But I, I never quite understood that with H2O, why it was um, freshly recorded and why they didn't just go back to the, um, yeah, you know, the, the master recordings of from the original films. But I thought that was a bit odd. No, knowing a vague amount about the intricacies of uh, movie contract law, 
Right. I think they're so complicated with who owns specific rights to what and everything, especially when it comes to the original, that mm-hmm. I imagine they just, they physically couldn't get the rights to use the soundtrack, either the soundtrack from the original or to use, um, or to, you know, reuse in a different context the recordings of Donald Pleasance because he was dead and he might have had a an estate contract estate uh, yeah. and that again there's a weird link to back to the future in that if that's the case in that um oh, oh it's gone i've gone blank um George crispin McFly. glover yeah crispin glover sued um yes. universal for using his image in back to the future 2 which set a precedent for that exact law is, is that you cannot there's lots of contracts now with actors where you can't just you reuse footage including the soundtrack of their work without express permission or without paying royalties or whatever so i can imagine there's some bizarre technical and very boring legal reason why but i always thought the same and i in it and if you couldn't use the original recording i always thought there must be someone who can do a better dr loomis than that guy because <laughs> it's really bad in h2o and i thought there must be a better version of that but maybe not Right. Well, did you? Did, was the guy in this one better than? I thought? thought it was. I thought it was very, very close. Um, yeah, there was a couple of bits where I thought it sounded more like Michael Caine. But yeah, then, yeah. I think they were kind of using the the fact that the tape was slipping a bit. Yeah, uh, they definitely as a way yeah. to sort of cover that. So, um, you, you know, I, I thought they did it well. <laughs> yeah, I, it worked. It was a nice little nod, and it also, but it did have narrative sense to it that they would have been able to get hold of stuff like that and wanted to refresh their memory in the scene. So I didn't feel like it was just thrown in for no reason. I thought if you just mm-hmm. threw that in because you wanted to go, oi, Donald Pleasance, um, that would be a cheap shot. But actually, it would make sense that they would get that. And it, it was actually was quite eerie when it when the tape sort of failed. And I thought that was quite a nice little eerie moment, actually. So mm. Yeah, I liked it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, guys, I really did love this film. So it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be hard for me to say much negative about it. Yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 I like. I'm with you. I like. I love. Put this way, you know, I, I've had my problems with uh, films of late that have been, you know, uh, either sequels or, or you know, continuations of, of of franchises that that I've sort of loved growing up, and um, I, I've I've had my issues with quite a few of them, and uh, in this case. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm being nitpicky for the for for the sake of the actual podcast and the discussion, but um, but yes, I really enjoyed this this film and enjoyed the ride. And of course, it will never be as good as the original, but in terms of you know, I mean, it is the eleventh instalment of the franchise. Yeah. So you know. <laughs> That's what they should have called it, Halloween Eleven. Just gone with it and just uh, styled it out. Well, well, just one, had one. Ha- one one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, that looks like Halloween Two. Yeah, yeah it's confusing, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> Great. Cool. They should have gone with the Apple model and just gone. Oh, we'll just call it Halloween X, and people will work it out eventually. <laughs> <laughs> But then they've already done Jason uh, I, I was, X, so it's been Apple done. Yeah. Today, and uh, they they made it very clear that it's the 10s, 
not the uh, XS. Well, uh, well, <laughs> what happened to the iPhone nine well, then? Is what I would say. And what happened to Final Cut eight and nine? But whatever. Yeah, well, that, that's for a different podcast. Um, <laughs> any, any, yeah. anything else? I, I am conscious that again. I know we've had eleven films to cover, so we haven't done <laughs> bad. But mm. uh, I am conscious that this is this is a, another uh, mammoth feature length podcast, uh, which we seem to be getting more and more of these days. Um, anything additional that I mean? I, I think we've covered it quite a lot, but there's 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 no end of stuff to discuss about these films. But anything in particular that you want to you want to bring up while we're here you know that afterwards you'll go oh shit i should have mentioned this because i do that every time (laughs) are we doing the heaven and hell i think that's oh yeah i spoke well we are movie heaven movie hell so uh i'm a big fan guys i want to do the heaven and hell otherwise i (laughs) (laughs) yes all right no fair enough then well uh we always let our guest go go first with that one so um you know knock yourself out okay i'm going to be really annoying and really pretentious on this um well if you'll let me am i allowed to do two versions of this what you mean to to allow for the different timelines uh sort of (laughs) go on you can do whatever you like (laughs) i'm gonna do my actual realistic version um, which is obviously movie heaven has got to be Halloween. Uh, yeah. It's amazing. Without it, the rest don't even exist. Forget it. Um, and then, oh, I'm really. It's a real toss up between Resurrection and Zombie Two. Oh dear. As hell. As hell, yeah. yeah. Oh right, right. Um, <laughs> Not heaven. <laughs> oh God, no, no. Heaven is number one. Hell yeah. is Resurrection or Zombie 2. I'm going to go with... Oh, God. I'm going to go with Resurrection because I think at least Rob Zombie tried something and failed. And I don't think they were really trying to do anything special with Resurrection much at all. Because that was Rick Rosenthal again, wasn't it? Resurrection. I know, just, just stay away, that. mate. Um, now, yeah, my pretentious version of the answer, because I feel like, well, obviously it's original Halloween, that's going to be everyone's, right? So I, I had to come up with, like, a pretentious version, and that is movie Heaven, Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers, The Producer's Cut, which I genuinely think is a great Halloween movie and really good, and it's got loads of good stuff in it. And then my hell is going to be Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers, the theatrical cut which is dog shit <laughs> interesting okay yeah so that's me ah Any questions? <laughs> well i i thought he might do this so um i mean obviously the original is the best but uh to have a alternative heaven for me would be um halloween free season of the witch interesting yeah i right. do really like that film and um, <clears throat> you know, it's shame it wasn't a success because you know I'd like to see more of it being an anthology of seeing different takes of stories that take place in Halloween. Um, but you know, I do. You know, I still I do enjoy the Michael Myers films, and 
you know there, there's there's a lot of fun to be had in them um but hell i would go with six six it's just it's just it, there's <laughs> nothing in it i mean at least with resurrection you've got the rides <laughs> you know this is until you see the producers cut someday oh. right simon yeah so the the, the theatrical cut of six because it is it's, it's it is an absolute mess when i saw the producers cut properly for the first time like outside of the bootleg one that i had when mm-hmm. i finally watched it properly i was like i was i jumped out of my seat just like really panicking that this great film had been shelved from just, I was just like, See, I can't I'm believe really, this. I'm really annoyed now because that's the only alternative version <laughs> of the entire series that I've not seen. And that's because the only way it's ever been available is in that deleted box set that you have. So um, apart from the bootleg stuff that you talked about, which, uh, which I don't do. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Well, it's the I, I, I've got to be honest. It's the only bootleg thing I've ever ever bought. Um, but I couldn't help it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so my heaven, obviously, is Halloween 1978 and the the old John Carpenter's Halloween. Simply because not only is that sort of one of my favourite horror films, but it's one of my favourite films ever. You know, period. So it's it's definitely in that list of special films for me that has a special place in my heart and definitely my favourite horror film. Um, And I am going to say for hell, I'm going to go with Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 because, um, well, of what we talked about earlier, that's that's not a great film. And I've got (laughs) more love for the others, even resurrection because it's you know it has got jamie lee in it even though they kill her but uh you know it's 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 still got her in there so you know um yeah so that that that's me um i got to ask though uh i know it's another yet another question but the ending of halloween 2018 like it was fairly conclusive, but where, I mean, <laughs> no, where do, where, 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 right, exactly? Where do you, where, I actually thought the final shot was kind of odd, actually, because they were all in the back of the uh, um, the the pickup truck, very sort of a la Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. at the end, mm-hmm. and then they do that weird close up of the knife in the granddaughter's hand. Yeah, and that's where they end it. And I thought, and of course, post credits you do get the breathing, Michael yeah. Myers mask breathing. But I don't know. What 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 do you think? Where's it? I mean, obviously, if this makes loads of money, of course, yeah, there'll be a sequel, right? But where can they go with it? What do you think? It's funny you picked up on that shot because the shot I picked up on was the fact that you saw him in the basement and it's on fire, and then you didn't see him. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like. Yeah, it's two all over again. Yeah, yeah, they they've they they've left it a little ambiguous. So if they need to bring him back, they can. the 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 reports I've read is that there could be another one as early as next Halloween. Mm. Wow, Danny McBride and uh, I forget the name of the other writer are not involved. David Gordon Green is likely not involved. Yeah, but it will be a Blumhouse. And the other suggestion I think came from 
uh, Neil Blum himself was that there. This is the start of a trilogy. Uh, this is, you know, it's going to. That's happen. what they all say now, yeah. isn't it? Well, yeah. It's going to come out one a year. Well, I take that's what they said about Scream Four, and I was furious because I never got Scream Five, and then we lost Paul West Craven. So, <laughs> mm. although I liked the TV series, uh, you know. Oh, I did. Yes. Um, funny you said that. I'm actually a a fan of the Scream TV series. I know yeah. that's a whole nother podcast, as I always say on this. But yes, I like that as well. Do you, so, do you know uh, that it is coming back imminently, and the proper ghost face mask and voice is returning? Oh, okay. Yeah. Now I must admit, I've liked what they've done with that, but that's that's a whole nother conversation. That, yeah, yeah. That, that we better not do here. I think you guys are right because this film has made a lot of money. It's actually the, the second biggest opening for uh, around Halloween. Yeah. And so, you know, they're looking for something to replace the saw and um, the other one. <laughs> they had there for a while. Uh, sorry, yes. the, it, it, it skipped my mind. I didn't watch those films. You know. Conjuring? Sorry? Conjuring? No, no, not the Conjuring. I enjoy oh, the still Conjuring, going up, actually. Oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm talking about the, uh, you know... We'll set a, a, a camera up in the room and just... Oh, Paranormal forward. Activity, yeah. That's the one, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're looking for that new series that they can have come out every Halloween. I'm very thrilled that how much money it's made mm. from a perspective of someone who's trying to raise money at the moment to make mm-hmm. a slasher movie um, yeah. <laughs> with some retro sensibility. So it feels like, okay, there's a, there is a taste for it, perhaps... Because I feel like the slasher itself is not really booming right now, but may, this this could change things. Obviously, yeah. it's its own beast as well. But um, yeah. if there's if there's money to be found for slasher movies, that's definitely feels good to me. So. Well, the I resurgence so. of the slasher, yes, yeah. indeed. I hope so, yeah. But it's funny with all these uh, properties and and getting films out and getting them out quickly and stuff it's like it, you know to me i still think it's weird that we that we're not uh that, that we've already seen solo and that's not going to be a film coming out next month mm. you know i still think that's weird yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's strange not have a star wars film coming yeah, out for christmas yeah it's, it, yeah, yeah it's, it's 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 weird what they're doing but and anywho mm-hmm. um you know that's that's uh, that's the Halloween franchise, which I think we've uh, <laughs> dissected. Are you are you happy, Al? I know I know this was one you were really keen to guest on with us. Of 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 you said oh, things I'm, that you wanted to say. Yeah, I'm absolutely over the moon. I mean, I'm sure it, I've been incredibly boring, but um, no, it was really great. I really appreciate just getting to chat with people who like halloween movies great oh love love <laughs> halloween movies yeah and um we always give our guests the opportunity to um either promote you know something that you're involved in or alternatively you know give details of where people can find your work or, or look you up should they wish to uh is that something you 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 want to you want to share with with social media yeah, lovely. I'm not. I don't do loads of social media. I'm on Instagram as Senor Turtle. Uh, a lot of it is pictures of my cats and Michael Myers masks at the moment. Uh, I guess um, some of the films that we've made are on TurtleCanyonFilms.com, and uh, actually, I am 
one of the things I am working on individually right now is a new podcast called If You're Happy, Do You Know It? Which both of you would be very welcome as guests on as well, of course. Oh, wow. And it launches, the very first episode is coming out on November the 1st, and it'll be a weekly podcast. Um, it's got basically nothing to do with movies at all. It's very much about the uh, the concept of happiness and what it means to different people. Um, it's something that interests me a lot from a kind of psychological standpoint. Um, and I've just had a lot of different friends on who've got uh, really different and unique takes on that whole thing. So looking forward to launching that, seeing if anyone listens, really. What, what about if your happiness is movies? Uh, that... <laughs> That is more than welcome. It's one of the ones that recurs for me, obviously. <laughs> so, yeah, um, yeah, it's uh, yeah. You're, ev- everyone is welcome to come on because I think everyone's got a unique take on it, and also it's unsolvable because you can't really quantify what happiness really is. Yes. So, yeah. Anyway, thank you very much. Very true. <laughs> Excellent. Stuff. Excellent. And Keith, where can people find out more about your work? Well, uh, if you want to see any short films that I've made, um, if you go to YouTube and put in British Isles, that's E-Y-L-E-S, as in my last name, there are um, some short films on there that I've written, produced and directed that you can watch. Um, Also, I have to promote at the moment as well, if you put into YouTube Rebecca Gold web series. Great show. There is, there is, there you go. There is a five part, uh, web series directed by Ian David Diaz um, which I have a role in um, uh, and this web series stars the wonderful Katie Sheridan who I believe you know as well right Alistair? I do yeah she was here we about, talked about that didn't we? I think she was here two days ago actually or yeah a couple of days ago she was on the other podcast that I've just mentioned so all oh, these right. links <laughs> yeah Every, everything is so connected in i know this world. Right? Yeah. there you go um so yes and uh and any other credits uh there are some listed on imdb under my name and as always you can find my work at independentrunnings.com and also as it's halloween why not check out my feature film blood and roses it's on amazon you can watch it in the us uk uh germany and japan Amazing. Wow, there you go. go. So uh, if you've got Amazon Prime, it's free to watch. Uh, Otherwise, you can uh, get it as a rental or you can even buy it. You can buy it on DVD from the US. So uh, if you're looking for something a little different this uh, Halloween, check out my film. And uh, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube and all good podcast providers. Uh, you can follow us on uh, Twitter and Facebook. Just search Movie Heaven, Movie Hell. And please leave us a rating and review on iTunes and Stitcher. It all helps. So that just leaves me to thank our guests for uh, coming on and uh, talking all things Halloween. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. It was great. Happy Halloween. Yes, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, everyone. And uh, do join us for the next episode of Movie Heaven, Movie Hell. It's almost time, kids. 
The clock is ticking. Be in front of your TV sets for the horathon, and remember the big giveaway at nine. Don't miss it, and don't forget to wear your masks. The clock is ticking. It's almost time. Happy, happy Halloween, Halloween.